Blog Talk Radio. Use the 
heaven What else in hell Can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11 Emerge at the other end Of the meditation port tools And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one To everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are! Peace, peace, peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours. This is Nevertheless Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill, okay? Unfortunately, we will not be joined by my co-host tonight, Brother Red. He is in transit, um, heading from Atlanta to New York, and the mode of transport that he's on, they don't have the uh, phone charger thing set up, you know? So he said he only got three bars, and he needs to conserve the energy for uh, the duration of his 15, 16-hour trip, okay? So we're going to send our brother our best wishes. We're going to send him energy through his travels, and he will be properly transported, okay? And we are going to rock out, all right, family? We do have a powerful presentation put in place for you tonight, promising to deliver, Okay? So we want to welcome everyone who has joined us on this evening, everyone that's came back, uh, everyone that joined us the Tuesday evening show with Brother Oba. That also was a very powerful special show. You can check out the archives if you missed that one, all right? For the family that was here last Friday for the Lucy Dakota show, for the family that missed the Lucy Dakota show, you definitely want to check the archives for that. You definitely want to go to lucydakota.com and put your pre-order in, okay, put your pre-order in for the Lucy Dakota visual presentation from our brother, KT the Arc Degree, okay? So first and foremost, and we want to say thank you to everyone who has participated in the brother's pre-order program. It's very important that we, uh, that we support, you know, our young scholars, our young geniuses, okay? So on behalf of KTL Radio, and also on behalf of our brother, KTL Off Degree, definitely want to send our thank you. All right? And um, it brings me into mind about last week's program. It's a powerful program. Brother brought forth so much information, you know what I'm saying? And, And we definitely was able to get into a range of topics and um, as we sit here a week later, we have been bombarded by so many so many different incidents that have taken place in the news cycle. You know, it lends new meaning to the difference that a week makes. You know what I'm saying? And I can't even say, sit here and say, everything was all good just a week ago because it wasn't. You know, but things have intensified. They've escalated, and our brothers and sisters are on the ground out in Ferguson, Missouri, 
face-to-face with some very harsh realities, okay, dealing with a myriad of situations that are, um, you know, not only presenting themselves to the family on the ground right there, but they're also showing themselves to the rest of the world. It's not even just the country. This is a situation that the entire globe is focusing on at this particular time. And no thanks to mainstream media, but more importantly, because of social media, of course, I want to give a shout-out to everybody on Facebook that has taken this journey with us, um, you know, via that network, keeping people informed, informing the family, informing the public, things of that nature. But I got back on my Twitter feed the other night, and I really rediscovered the power in Twitter, you know, unfiltered news, not only unfiltered, but immediately, like the news just comes, you know, in the blink of an eye, you know what I'm saying, flash-breaking news type of news reports, stuff that can't be censored, stuff that can't be filtered. These are very important tools during these particular times when there's so much propaganda that is being put out there. You know, I'm very weary of certain news services as well, like certain agitators that are coming into this particular uh, situation, like Anonymous, you know, a lot to be said about a lot of things that we're seeing. And there's a lot of factors at play here, not only the loss of our young brother, um, Michael Brown Jr.'s life, but there's a lot, a lot of factors out here. And hopefully tonight in our conversation, we're going to be able to cover a few and give some level of understanding to them. So what I want to do is, before we get into tonight's guest, I want to get a report from the ground. You know what I'm saying? I do not want this to be a, a, a lopsided situation where we're speaking from a distance, where we're speaking from the comfort of our own homes about something that's taking place thousands of miles away, and we're speaking as if we know everything that's taking place just because we are all on social network, just because we've shared these stories, and we might have our finger on the pulse of these escalated situations. Do we truly really know what's going on you know how many of us have heard it directly from people who are on the ground who are eyeball to eyeball with the escalation you know what I'm saying who are looking these paramilitary troops in their eyes and seeing exactly what it is that they're dealing with with many understand to be you know a, a, a just slice a, uh, a early reminder or indicator for that matter of what it is that we all might have to deal with at some point, you know, as the military industrial complex has finally come home, these chickens have finally come home to roost. All right. And I know for the family that's into chicken, that's, I got to tell you, you know, that's not a good thing. That don't mean, Oh, free chicken. We got a lot. No, that's not, you don't want that chicken. You know what I'm saying? That's like the GMO chicken. We've been telling you about it's no bueno. So let me go to the lines and open up the phone lines and bring forth one of our brothers that has their boots on the ground out in Ferguson right now. Let's get a first-hand account of what exactly the family's dealing with out in Ferguson. Call it from the 314-600. Yo, yo, what up, what up? 
Peace, peace. Greetings, greetings. Welcome yes, to Nova Ledge, brother. Uh, I'm a big fan. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. you want to briefly introduce yourself? Uh, just simply Rashad. Not necessarily. S- okay. Yeah. STL representative, born and raised out here, you know. That's it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And um, before this escalation, you know, you, you've been telling me about your hometown for a minute. You've been telling mm-hmm. me about the spirit of your hometown. You know, we all, even those of us who haven't visited, you know, we, we, we know that St. Louis especially is the home of some some uh, special character of melanated people, you know what I'm saying, warriors and fighters. Correct yes, me if I'm wrong, Joe Lewis is also from St. Louis? Yeah, I believe, I believe so. I, I should know that. I'll probably get in trouble if I'm wrong, but I believe so. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to give you a uh, a real quick um, primer as to my introduction, you know, to, to the Lou, Missouri, okay. for that matter. I was out in Freaknik in Atlanta in the early 90s. This had to be like 94, 95, right? Right on. And we was in traffic. You know, this is when Freaknik was Freaknik. This is when everybody, <laughs> like, just was flooded on 85 and people was outside of their cars and it just, nothing was moving. It was just a party on the highway. You right. know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So we jumped from vehicle to vehicle or what have you. And I remember it was these sisters that was in a green suburban, right? Beautiful sisters. And we was like, where you from? And he's like, we from Missouri to show me state. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, like, yeah. they got niggas in Missouri. What? <laughs> you talking about Missouri? Like, you know, I'm from New York. Yeah. And at right. the time, this was my introduction to the South. This was my first time, you know, technically going South. And to us, mm-hmm. everything, you know, South of the Brooklyn Bridge was the country. You feel me? So mm-hmm. we just had that real New York elitist attitude. And I had never met nobody melanated from Missouri Right. And they was like, St. Louis, you don't know about the loop? And I was like, oh, I heard about it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never been there. I ain't never met nobody from there. So, right. you know, these particular functions is, is where, quote, unquote, black America got to meet. And you started meeting people from Texas. You started meeting people from Missouri. You started meeting people from all of these different places that you kind of didn't know melanated people existed. Remember, this was before the Internet. You feel me? Right. Right. And unless you was hitting right. the highway making those runs or if you was in the military, there was really no other venue set up for you to see the variance of your people throughout the diaspora of, of these United States. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, Freaknik was one of those venues, and I met some powerful people from the loop. And I remember, like I said, the majority of the sisters that I met from there, not only did they have a very spirit about them, but they all mm-hmm. seem, seem to be involved in some level of entrepreneurialism. You know what I'm saying? Right like on. they had oh, bread. Yeah. yeah, they. they... Mm-hmm. Hmm? No, I'm listening. Yeah, so I'm just saying that to say that, you know, in the back of my mind, when I see these situations and I'm looking at the pictures and I'm seeing our sisters at the forefront, you know what I'm saying? But I'm also seeing some very strong determined brothers as well. I know that we're dealing with a different type of spirit from a different type of place. So 
Can you give us a semblance of what's going on out there on the ground? Oh, man. Like, the first, first and foremost, I definitely want to say, and this is me being out there, and I actually had to be somewhere quiet because it's, ah, you already know. But um, the media, most of the media is totally being used as a weapon, as I'm pretty sure, you know, your audience already knows. They keep showing, like, the pictures of, or the videos of looting and all of that stuff, and I just want to make it clear to the world that that is something that happened once. As uh, I think as the New Yorkers say, there was, like, some little knuckle-draggers who just saw opportunity, you know what I'm saying? But um, it was just a whole it's, – it's a lot of peace amongst the brothers and sisters, and now, man, it's like people coming from all over the world, true story. And it's just like everybody's, like, coming together and really just, you know, it's almost like to give you kind of a feeling, it's almost like, you know, you got to fight that bully at 3 o'clock and he just keeps talking mad-ish, you know, throughout the day. And, like, where we at right now, it's about 2.59 with about 10 seconds left. And that's just being real honest with you, you know. So right. the energy out here right now, like on the ground, um, it's a lot of uh, camaraderie, you know, um, between brothers, first off, who usually wouldn't get along with each other. You know, the different, you know, we do have gangs and singles, believe it or not, <laughs> but between, like, the different gangs and just people who usually trip with each other, like, everybody is, like, coming together you know, just to stand up against these, uh, you know, I'm going to watch my language. When I, let me get a little passionate. I'd be cussing, so I'm going to watch my language. Yeah, but speak freely, brother. Bu- okay. All right. These first. This is a form of free expression, so I don't, I don't want you to violate it up. That's not right. healthy. All right. Well, i just say real quick, well, we out here calling them the Fergs, the fake-ass Ferguson cops who have been known, known, to do all kind of wicked shit to people. You know what I'm saying? This ain't, I mean, this is a very ill situation, but like in St. Louis and certain areas, um, cops are known just like anywhere else to just be on some real ill-ish, like seriously. And, um, yeah, we are sticking together. And, you know, we are moving peacefully. and, And it's like I said, it's a lot of love between the brothers and the sisters. Um, and the sisters, just real quick, the sisters are, like, bossing up so tough. I mean, I ain't never seen nothing like this in my life. Now, St. Louis women, beautiful. They're a little crazy, <laughs> but, they're, but, but, but very beautiful sisters. But they're, yo, like, for me to tell you that these cops are pointing the type of artillery, I ain't never seen, the artillery I ain't never seen in my life. In the faces of our sisters, and they stand yeah. there like, do what you got to do. You're not gonna pull it. You're not gonna do this. Or do- I mean, it's just crazy the heart. But you uh, know, uh, you know again, it's 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 not fair for me to say that I see it because I'm looking through the eyes of media. I'm looking at mm-hmm. a picture, but mm-hmm. for what I'm seeing on the picture the level of determination, the level of willpower that the sisters are exerting out there, I'm seeing that they're not standing behind the brothers. They're standing in front. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm seeing a level of will and determination to me this this awe inspiring, like wow, like our people, you know, are ready to stand. Right. Because the sisters they they, they, they they really just do not look like they hear none of that. You know what I mean? Right. Like you said, this is the first time that our people are witnessing or staring down the barrel of this level of artillery, you know. Uh-huh. The uh the new weaponry that came forth post nine eleven that has been exported, you know, to small town America as part of the Pentagon surplus program, which I don't understand because if they militarize or, or if they beefed up to go to war to go to war of course a globe uh, and, and under the semblance of, of global terrorism, you know, why would they be sending surplus military ammo and artillery to small town America, especially some place like Ferguson, who has a declining crime rate, you know? So right. this is like really baffling me. Because right. I saw it out here first. I was in O C which is Orange County, which is like this is this that's Disney World. Where with Disney World is that shit. And I seen these military okay. armored vehicles for they had came to Starbucks to get some some coffee and shit. And I'm like, yo, what's that? Like what what war you right. came from? It's part of a uh is this part of a Hollywood set or something? They're like, nah, this is, you know, this is going on across the country. And then I started seeing people post more and more pictures on the Internet of, you know, these, these armored vehicles that they they were observing, you know, random vehicles just pulling up, you know what I'm saying, police jumping out paramilitary uniforms on. And these police are not being trained the same way the quote-unquote military personnel are being trained. So you have an outfit of arrogant officers who normally, like you said, all busters and have been abusing their powers for the longest. And as we can see with Ferguson, many of them belong to the Klan. You know what I'm saying? Many of them belong, belong to these militias and these clans that are operating in, in the forests of Mississippi and all these other places, right, then they come under wow. the guise of the police force like they always have in the South. They get the badge and the gun to protect themselves. Now they have military, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? They got right. all and, of this, I, the arsenals and what have you. Right, I, and I just want to jump in real quick. That is a great point. And on the grounds, a lot of people are talking about that. You have these, I, I mean, it's like, to be real with you, scary cops who just got, like, this surplus of some RoboCop-type-ish. And, I mean, like, really, if the, if, the, if the ego level of, you know, having the boys in blue having your back was already on a high, <laughs> this is like a mega high with these, I mean, jumping out of the armored trucks. And um, I personally haven't seen any, like, tanks or anything ground, but I have seen some of those like specialized trucks that I'm pretty sure got all kind of stuff in them. But they're like right. with the peaceful protesters. Like these are peaceful people. Now, don't get it twisted. It's a lot of rioters out there too. That's a whole nother story. But peaceful protesters just standing there, you know, standing their ground, not even really going back and forth with the police. And I mean, these guys are out there Man, please believe me, talking all the shit in a, I'll pull it. Uh, you will be, like, one, one guy um, was saying how they were telling him, oh, you're going to be next. You're going to be next. 
oh, it's going down, you know, just talking a whole bunch of noise, and it's like, it's just like, it's amazing, you know, and not in a good way, but it's just like, wow, it's almost like, hey, we ready to chop you down, and they're verbally saying this. They're not going to put that on television, that people, you know, one of the main chants that we have out here is hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. And you have police, oh, I'm going to pull the trigger anyway. I mean, just talking reckless. And it, I mean, and, and all I can say is you have your peaceful protesters on the ground, and then you have what we call out here, and I'm pretty sure you all are familiar with the term rioters, but these are the young brothers and sisters. Um, and I think, Paul, I said you, we were going back and forth on Facebook about this, where they're just, it's almost like these young guys, they ready too. And without saying too much over the air, I would just say, you know, they're kind of you know. on the other end. Yeah, yeah, no, there it is. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No doubt. You know? So, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's needed and that's necessary. And it's hurting my heart that mm-hmm. people that are, 5,000, 10,000, they might as well be 100,000 miles away from the conflict are criticizing that. You know what I'm saying? And I think mm-hmm. that we found ourselves in a lot of these situations because of that, that we have isolated ourselves from the warriors in society. A society will not exist without the warrior class. You can have your scholars. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can have mm-hmm. your, 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 your book dancers. You cannot isolate yourself from the warriors and then expect right. to be a respected, protected society. Like, who's okay. going to go to war for you? And, and, and let me jump in on that. Now, I'm pretty sure you're not going to hear about this, but um, I think it was Wednesday. They had a little, you know, they're having little events at the church and all of that stuff, and that, that's a whole other subject in itself. But, you know, good old, good old Al showed up. And, yeah. you know, well, we were around <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, uh, me and my cousin were like, okay, you know, before we hit the block, we're going to go in here and see what he's talking about real quick. And we probably didn't stay longer than five minutes just being honest because, you know, I'm a, look, these young guys out here, they don't want to hear nothing about, you know, we got to stand up and we got to do this and we got to do that. And you're not outside with them on that front line. The church several blocks away from where these young brothers and sisters and some elders too are standing in front of some trigger happy racist ass cops. I'm going to give it to you real. This is what's happening. So with all that Bible thumping and stuff like that, just real quick, I was in a situation the first day I was out there. <clears throat> there was kind of a, a standoff of a, of a sort at the Ferguson Police Department, and they were like, hey, if you come out here and try to protest, we're going to arrest you. And, of course, you know, all of the younger guys were out there. And so me and one of my sisters, you know, we went out there because we were like, hey, we ain't going to let nothing happen to the little guys and little sisters. And true story, Blue, you had <clears throat> the Bible thumpers standing on the side with the police. So first and foremost, what do you yeah, – this is true. But they ain't going to show you this. They ain't going to show you this. Everybody looking like, what the hell are you doing? 
Oh, brothers and sisters, come on now. We've got to have peace. We've got to just do. Somebody went as far as saying, let's do the right thing. I don't know who this little guy was standing next to me, but he said something that I will not repeat on this show. But pretty much that man took his Bible and got his ass all the way down the street. At this point, the younger guys are getting rowdy. Mind you, riot gear cops, about 40 or 50 of them, marching up on us. This was like some of the the most emotional-ish I've ever seen in my life. was a young brother from Ferguson, stood in the middle. You can arrest me, kill me, I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you got to do. I'm sick of y'all. I'm sick of all it. And, I mean, this brother pulled out his emotion. And it was two or three of us. We walked up to the brother. We gave him a big hug. Now, the riot cop is on my back. I look at this cop, and I'm not going to sit up here and say I was all tough and all of that because I knew, like, anything could happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Anything. And it wasn't no cameras around. And I looked at this brother, and I said, look, you know, I have a 16-year-old son. And I let him know, brother, I have a son your age, around your age, look just like you. I love you the same way I love my son. I looked in his eyes. I'm tearing up even talking about this because it was two brothers. It was a, me and this younger brother looking at each other square in the eye. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to stand right by you. Fuck whoever talking about the Bible right now, or anything else right at this moment. I'm with you. But you a warrior. Look at this cop behind me. He's scared of you. He's scared. You ready to ride for whatever. He nervous. His finger itching. He don't know what to do. He ain't even built for this. He built to ride around and give people tickets and shit. You running right. this. We can win this, little homie. You and me. I'm almost 40. I'm out here with you. What you want to do? The little brother looked at me. The other brothers that decided to stick around, you know, because that's another thing. People pump their faith like they tough, but when them cops get to marching, a lot of people, man, run so fast, I don't know how they ever lost a race in their life. So it's a few of us that's, like, standing there. The little brother listened, right. and we moved to the next spot. And I got a chance to see him at the church. Now, when Al Sharpton, I'm just going to say the name, Rashad said it, got to talking that ish, a woman stood up. I didn't get a chance to get her name. And she said, yo, all of y'all in here with these suits, shiny suits and shit. Well, she ain't cussed. That was just me. <laughs> but shiny suits. The warriors are outside. Why are you not setting up shop out there? Why? And people right. got to talking. The younger brothers, and I just want to say this real quick, and I'm not trying to take over the, you know, keep talking, but I do want to say this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. All respect. Younger brother said, and I don't know, this wasn't in the church, but this was outside. Because me and my cousin, we left. We just went outside with the, with the youth. And if you go on my Facebook, you see the videos of me walking in the streets with the children and all of that. You know, that's my proof right there. But the little brother right. said, you know, a lot of people talking, 
talking about while we looting, while we burn quick trip down, while we doing all of this. And he said, you know why? He said, I'm going to tell you. We just needed to get your attention. When that little brother said that, boo, I couldn't say nothing. It froze me because right then and there I understood that this thing was even way more deeper than, you know, our brother Mike Brown and, and just everything that's going on. It is a, on this ground, it is a communication that is going, I mean, it's just wow. I don't even know how to explain it, but I've never in my life ever experienced brothers and sisters. I mean, it's people from New York out here. Brooklyn is out here. Queens is out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is wow. And it's just brothers from everywhere. It's just love. It, it's love. Wow. If you got little brothers who trying to trip, like now. I'm Hold on. I gotta, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I got I to gotta, I gotta honor that. You know what I'm saying? I got to honor uh, that. Man. This is tell us that story. The legendary vibe. I'm very Coalition of the willing, huh? Family's oh, out there. Man. Oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like I would never invite anybody to come to what we – I mean, we, the, the nickname for it is the Terror Dome. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, there's nothing funny about it, but when we – the joke is when they have these little um, gatherings like at the, on the arch grounds and whatever, and for those of you all who have never been to St. Louis, the arch is probably the safest place to be <laughs> in the city. And we'll go out there and just kind of like, you know, everybody on their kumbaya shit. But we always say, okay, are you all ready to come with us to the Terror Dome? You know, and or, or uh, the others, the Terror Dome, what is that? Oh, we're getting ready to go down, you know, New Hall's Ferry, you know, West Florence, Chambers, you know, the holy ground. Everybody backs out. So we kind of just laugh at that. But, like, those people that are down on the ground from everywhere, and it's nothing but love. If the young brothers get to tripping, pull them to the side. We've had, you know, just it, – it's been some little incidents where it could have got real ugly. But you have an older brother grabbing a younger brother. Hey, put that up. What you getting ready to do with that? What's going on? Now, when the situation happens with the tear gas and – you know, all of that and the rubber bullets, and that's real. That is really happening. But a little bit more than what they show, then, hey, you know, as we said earlier, hey, yo, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's real out here, Blue. Serious. Wow. Well, definitely want to thank you, brother, for uh, no bringing that eyewitness account to the family. There's a lot more that needs to be shared in regards to, um, you know, information that we're putting forth pertaining to the uh, putting the hands in the air. The hands up move is, is kind of questionable, you know what I'm saying, at a particular mm-hmm. time like this. Oh, Especially yeah. anything that uh, Reverend Al Sharpton brings to the to the fray or to the forefront, you know what I'm right. saying, highly suspect. I, mm-hmm. um, I, I would just... I would just say this real quick. I agree. But I think, like, right now with the hands up, don't shoot. Now, that's starting to die down. 
and some other things are being said which don't need to be repeated on the air. But with the hands up, don't shoot, I think the height of that really was to taunt the police as well as a way to say, hey, you know, like me, I'm from the north side, north side of St. Louis, and it might be somebody from the west and south or whatever, and hands up, don't shoot. It's kind of a way, almost like a tribal communication in a, in a way of like, hey, hands up, don't shoot, but you know what's up, you know what's up. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like that little, what do they call it, like a double entendre almost or something? I don't know, yeah. but that's what's up. No doubt. Like I said, brother, I appreciate your dedication to your family and your community. You know what I'm saying? And all of us overall, because it's mm-hmm. reflective on us, period. You know, whether people want to distance themselves and crawl under a rock, you know what I'm saying? Start right. pointing fingers. From, they want to get on. Yeah, they they, in, they on Mars and shit with the rover, pointing fingers from Mars now. That's how far away from the situation they've gotten. But we are in our hearts and our minds unified with the people. And yeah. we are in talks about putting feet on the ground as well. I don't want to okay. speak too soon on everything, but I will be in communication with you. And um, we invite you, if you can, stick around tonight and see what our brothers have to say. The brothers, the Hebrew Israelites, the brothers, the Zariah, ISUPK, is coming forth with his powerful presentation. Okay? All right, on. Well, right on, and I just there, there, and can there, I, there, there is, you know, mm-hmm. of course, in all things that we deal with, you know what I'm saying. We always look and and, and we, we we look at it with with an eye that pierces the veil, and we say, okay, there's some deeper things taking place here. And I've already right. been able to see many things. This on the surface alone that need to be right. discussed and addressed. This is one of right. the weirdest cases I've ever heard. I've never in my lifetime heard of a situation where they were legally able to withhold the name of someone and claim to, you know, you got the military out there, paramilitary units, and you're talking about your concern for mm-hmm. life. Who's going to get to a tank? Put the nigga in the tank. Or send them, right. camp, send them to Martha's Vineyard with President Obama. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't release his name. Right. And then you're releasing right. false names dealing with this officer. And I'm like, nobody in the community, because it's, it's relatively a small community, if you saw mm-hmm. the murder, nobody knows, like, oh, that's officer such and such. And then is there such mm. an unprecedented level of police solidarity? Is their blue wall so thick that nobody on that police force, because they brought in melanated officers from St. Louis, because there was only three on the police force in that town. But when right. you look at the TV, all you see is these quote-unquote black faces. So you bring all these people in, and these people are so cute into their Tom thing that nobody was right. able to link the name. Nobody was able to be like, oh, nah, this name ain't the right name. This is the name you're supposed to be looking for. You Yo, feel me? Blue. So how Let do you process, this. hold on, how do you, how do you process the body into a morgue without a police report? And with that police report, how do you process a police report, you know what I'm saying, without the officer's name? Thank you. Like, this shit is crazy. Thank you. And that's what I want to say. Like, people, check it out. It's a lot of bogus. Like, I would almost say just like you said, Brother Blue, get on Twitter, Facebook, just get to where people are putting videos up 
and talking about it. One of the things that happened when we were outside of that uh, Ferguson police station, and the young brother was just ready just to do whatever, and he and a lot of these younger G's are, but he was saying the name in front of a couple of us, and I'm you know I ain't gonna go there on this show, but boo, I will holler at you, but he was saying the name that none of the media had brought out, and he was actually. Like, it was just real chaotic. But he was saying his name of a particular person who just kept just wilding out on everybody. It, there are people who saw the shooting. Like, this did not happen in the dark. And they're saying a name. But the media is not seeing that name. I'm not from that neighborhood, so I don't necessarily know who is what. But I'm telling you, the sixth day, we're not going to say shit for six days and now they're trying to bring up some footage of a guy who ain't even Mike Brown in a store pushing somebody. Don't believe the hype. I'm telling you. And one more thing to all my people, and, and this is what I've been getting into it with, with other black folk about. Rather you're active or inactive, you're active. I'm having a lot of people come to me talking about why we ain't get together where black-on-black crime was happening in the city, and St. Louis can be a violent city at times. But why we ain't do this and why we ain't do this? I am getting into arguments with other black people in this city. It is people coming from New York, London, D.C., wherever, in these streets. They ain't even from here. But it's people who live the fuck around the corner talking about, well, if you would have did the right thing or just cooperate or... You know, are you serious? Are you serious? And those type of Negroes, man, it bothers me to know. It it needs to be every black person because it is a black thing. You know, everybody, I know it's a cop shooting. It's a black thing in the city. I'm going to tell you, everybody's trying to sugarcoat this shit. It ain't racist-ass cops, bucket brothers every day. That happens. It's a black thing. And all you say, Negroes, trust me, in this city, if you because there's people here to listen to this show. And I told them, I said, when I come home from being down in Ferguson, I stay about 15 minutes away. Helicopters fly around my neighborhood. They fly in everywhere. You know why? Because the shit's going to get super real. And it ain't going to be about Ferguson. It's going to be about the whole city. Stop running. Stop hiding. I know you want to have your little dogs to go woof-woof and watch cable and just play it safe and be a keyboard thug, but you're not going to, you, you, ain't going to, you ain't going to get out of this one. You got to get active because even if you're inactive, you're active. Or babies are out there. Or sons and daughters. I'm trying to raise funds for the family. I had a sister tell me that's not a social responsibility. Excuse me, miss. So if that was your son, dead, oh, well, fuck it. That ain't a social responsibility. Hey, boy, we going to the club. Come on, cuz. That's how we supposed to be? That's a fucked up mentality. And that's going on here, too. And that's a whole nother story. But, yo, cut that out. If people can come from other cities here, countries, on the front line, reporters, Journalists, 
My homegirl was in the picture that you put up, Blue, the other day. Carissa, she just got out. This is a woman with a child out here. Cop, put the, put the damn assault rifle to her face. I'll pull it. She said, pull it. Oh, you getting arrested. Detained. 12 hours. Don't nobody know where she at. You mean to tell me these women can get out here? But you old. Man, let me chill out, Blue. That's another thing Thank that I wanted to ask you. I got to get back is, out here. Is, is, is there... I wanted to ask you, is there mm-hmm. anything set up to track the people that are being accosted and kidnapped, you know what I'm saying, no. by these authorities? Nah. You just, it, it just has to be a situation. Like if it's you and me, and let's say I get knocked but you don't, the only way you're going to know is because you know. Like they're not releasing names. They're not telling people where people are going. <laughs> I mean, it's serious. And, and another thing, they told you all that Ferguson is a no-fly zone if you've been paying attention, you know. Right. So can somebody tell me, it ain't a no, it's a no-fly zone for everybody except cops who like to fly, you know, the little ghetto birds or the helicopters, if y'all don't know what that means. The helicopters in the air right. flash lights and mess with you. They were trying to get it cracking outside of all these politics you hear, all this political stuff, out of all this sugarcoating and all of that. They're trying to get it cracking here. Please, when you see that place for St. Louis, going, you know, sign on Instagram and all that, please do. Or, if, you know, meditate. Continue to send us that protective and healing energy because we need it because at any time, it can really pop off. People are here. I work. Leave work. Go down there, leave it about one or two, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. Go to work, make sure my son is okay. Go back there. Like, it's real out here, y'all. It's real. And I don't like the fact that black people in this city making excuses. I don't like it. And when it gets through the whole city, what are you going to do then? What you going to do when you try to hide in the house and they coming in your shit? It's real military out here. Like, they not playing. And excuse me, right. I apologize for being passionate and just, that's why I can't really talk about this a lot. Because it's just like right, the biggest dis- this is, this is, this is okay. the forum where we expect you to be yourself, brother. You know what I'm saying? All right. Let mm-hmm. the people know exactly that don't sugarcoat it, don't cut it to nobody. Let the people know. It's fresh. We, we, we. We just, I'm, I'm trying to keep it together, brother. We, we, we're fed up here. St. Louis, you know, and, and I love New York. I've been out to New York. I got lost like a thousand times, you know what I'm saying? But I love, I love New York, all boroughs. I love, you know, I love black people, period. But look, we fed up here. We've been fucked with for too long. And one thing you learn about the city and the people here. We laid back. But when you get to doing too much, we just got, we, we explode. No disrespect to any other city. And my heart goes out to everybody, everybody, anybody who have lost their lives to some police bullshit. But you know what people in St. Louis were saying? True story. And this is no disrespect. With Brother Trayvon, with Eric, and everyone else, yo, they tried that shit here. 
oh, man, it's like this, this, and that. And when they did, it, they, they wasn't bluffing. And these young, the young guys are still out there. It's like the Wild West driving through the streets, ready for whatever. Seriously. But we need y'all just keep us in your, just keep sending that protective energy, healing energy. And if you come out here blue, you know, get at me, you will be straight. You know, oh, you that's all I got to say, man. All right. Uh, salute, my brother. Uh, salute. Thank you. Thank you for letting me just speak. You know, love all y'all. Tell, uh, you know, A.A. Rashid, uh-huh. Red Peel, Brother Polite, the great Phil Valentine, the great Bobby Hemming. Hope you're chilling well. Just everybody. KT, love all y'all. Peace. Absolutely. Salute. Salute to the Salute. Lord. Peace, family. Peace out. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, family. That was real. It was a eyewitness account from a brother that actually has his boots on the ground out in Ferguson, Missouri. Sorry, can you please press one? At this time, I'm going to read the introduction to tonight's program, and we're going to jump directly into it. So, Join Nobelist Radio for another powerful broadcast. Tonight we open the airwaves and welcome Brother Tazaria from ISUPK to deliver a timely message during these tumultuous times. We are witnessing global conflict and strife of an unprecedented nature, and the chickens have come home to roost in the form of hyper-militarized war machines masquerading as law enforcement in our communities across America. What can black people do here in America to protect themselves? More importantly, if we understand the law of correspondence, which would read, as it is in heaven, so it is on earth, what evidence can we point to that indicates that what we are seeing is more spiritual than just what our physical eyes are bearing witness to? And if that is the case, should we be furnishing a spiritual response to these physical trials on our consciousness slash patience? Brother Tazariah will be delivering a message on behalf of the Hebrew Israelites that will lay out solutions in a manner deemed worthy from someone who studies scripture and has a different perspective on what they're observing. Tune in tonight, family. Class is in session. With no further ado, we present to you Paula from the 862-224. Peace. Hey, peace. What's going on, Ray? You hear me okay? That's what I'm uh, you hear me okay, yes, right? I, no slow. I do hear you. I do hear you. Your phone has a little bit of a uh, a ting in it, though. Are you speaking directly oh. into it? Does it sound better now? Absolutely. All right, no slow. Um, brother, welcome. Hey, hey, I appreciate you for having me on the show. Um, it is a first honor. Yeah, I'm no sweat, man. Um, First and foremost, I just want to give all praises to the Most High, Yahweh, uh, and Yahweh Shah, the Son of the Most High, our King. Um, of course, our hearts go out to uh, to the people in St. Louis. I like to stretch it a little further. You got um, the brother in Staten Island, Eric Gardner, um, who was also killed by the police. You got the brother um, in L.A. I don't know if y'all noticed, 
But uh, this past week, a brother in L.A. by the name of Ezel Ford, um, who is mentally challenged, yeah. was also killed by the police. You got the sister yes, in the indeed. Bronx whose, whose house was raided um, by the police. They brought her out butt naked. She was a grandmother. It wasn't even the house that they were supposed to be raiding. And um, since the 60s, I should be has had a slogan or had a phrase that uh, has not changed, and that is that the white man is the devil, period. The white man is the devil. There will never be a getting along with him because it was never meant for us to get along with him. And so we have to look at these situations. And, like, I was listening to what the brother was saying. He was saying um, uh, how Al Sharpton was out there, and but he was inside. Um, and before I go, if I could, throughout the evening, of course, anybody that knows this, like School UPK, we follow the Bible. We follow the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. So we'll always give scriptures throughout uh, the course of the show. Um, so the first scripture I want to give first is Isaiah 30 and 20. And that says, And though the Most High give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And I bring that scripture up because right now we are in adversity. We are in the middle of affliction. We've been in affliction since we've been in America. There's not really been a true break of uh, the white man's murder, rape, rob, torture, whatever you want to call it, of black people that we have had in this place. And in the middle of all that, the most highest sent teachers that should not be moved in the corner, which is why the difference between us and Al Sharpton is that we're not in the uh, inside of the church. A lot of people get mad at the uh, the so-called Bible thumpers, and I can't stand them either. But that don't make the Bible the false book. That makes those prophets the false books. And that's why we go out on the streets. Anybody that knows I should be kidding, no, we've been on the streets since the 60s, and we'll stay on the streets. We'll be in St. Louis in no time. we got brothers all in the Midwest, and we'll be out there in no time. And what we'll come with is a true solution to the problem because the problem is not just enough to say um, – we need to rally for Mike Brown, which we need to. And if I could add, that whole video that they're trying to put out, um, you know, that's supposed to be him robbing that uh, store, that ain't got shit to do with um, that brother shooting him. I'm just me with that devil shooting him. Because that devil did not know that that, was, that that even happened. He did not even know that he was a suspect in the robbery. If he was a suspect in the robbery, I'm not saying whether he is or isn't. I'm just saying the propaganda that the media is pushing is really to just dumb it down what the cop actually did, which was murder that brother. And if the sooner that we decide to uh, truly separate, like I hear a lot of people when it comes to uh, surviving in this place, you'll usually hear a few things. You'll usually hear we need an economic plan, um, we need money, we need to, uh, um, I don't know, uh, pull our resources and stuff together. And all of those things is true. But the first thing we need is the law, statutes, and commandments that God gave us. There's not one single plan that we'll have in this place that will ever rectify or get rid of, the, of our oppressor. Like I'm hearing that brother saying we need brothers, we need somebody down here. They're talking about how the sisters and stuff is down there. Um, and all of that is fine and well. I'm going to read another scripture. This is Exodus, the second chapter. Because there was a time... Like, people question the Bible, people question the Israelites. And there was a time when um, we was being oppressed by another set of people, which was the Egyptians. And the oppression that they did to us was the same that it is now. 
they saw that we was more and mightier than them, they started abortion. They saw that we was more mightier than them, they put hard bondage on us. They put us in slavery. They put us in chains. They did all of these things to us. And so the white man is doing the exact same thing. So us being those same people, we need to go to the source of how they got free. They didn't get free by going to the Egyptians talking about, um, can we do this with y'all? Can y'all leave us alone? Can we get along? Like the sickest shit that you can hear is when you hear uh, any black person still siding with the white man need to be dragged out and horse whipped and beat. And that's scriptural what I said. Any black person. Any black person saying that um, that was the past or we need to let it go or we need to get along. Like, how long do you get along with the devil? Even if you want to say, I shouldn't be calling me to me to Zarya. Even if you want to say that I shouldn't call a white man a devil. We've been in America 500 years. Show me what you have done that actually has worked. There's nothing that has worked in this place. So I'm going to read this scripture real fast. It's Exodus 2 and 23. It says, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried. And their cry came up to the Most High by reason of the bondage. And the Most High heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Most High looked upon the children of Israel and had respect unto them. The reason why he had respect unto those children of Israel is because they cried and go to their oppressor. If you're oppressed, if, if I'm the oppressor and my whole purpose is to destroy you and use you and rape you, and all you do is cry to me, I'll never let you free. Ever. Why would I? You are what we would call the perfect slave. You have to go to a power that's above your oppressor. And right now on the planet Earth, there is not one power that's above the so-called white man. His military, I was looking at them photos. They had a scope on one gun, looked like it could shoot me in my room from where they at in St. Louis. Like they got so much military power because they was blessed with the sword that there is no gun that you're going to get that's going to uh, get rid of them. There is no fist that you're going to get that's going to get rid of him. There is nothing that you're going to do that's going to get rid of him because he has the military power. You're going to fight him with guns, you're going to run out of ammo soon. And so now you're going to go to the devil to get the gun to fight him back. That's not how you do it. You have to go to a power that's above him. And the Lord showed the respect that he had for the children of Israel because what he did was kill the Egyptians that was oppressing them send plagues on the Egyptians. Instead of that brother Eric Gardner getting choked out having a heart attack, why can't that cop get a heart attack? Why can't he get killed? Why can't he get destroyed? It ain't like it can't happen. How do I know it's happening? Because our people are dying the same exact way. We are literally getting destroyed in this place called America. So the time of joining the so-called white man is over. The time of thinking there's a plan of joining the so-called white man is over. This is not the time for joining him. This is the time for separating from him. And that separation is real simple. Like them brothers, and I know in their anger, they go out and uh, did that looting on that one day, which I'm glad the brother said that it was only that one day and then stopped. Because, of course, you cannot trust nothing that you see in the media. I don't. You have to take that shit like with a grain of salt. You got to take about 10% right. of it and 90% of the other is garbage. But they did loot. Now, that ain't the way you shut down a uh, foreign business in your city. The way you shut down a foreign business in your city is you just don't shop there. That's how you shut it down. You burn that building down, all you're doing is getting more insurance for them to open up another business, and then you're going to shop in it anyway because after about a week or so, 
this will all be over, and it will be business as usual. Nobody will care. Nobody will do nothing. Right now, those brothers in St. Louis are united. I got another scripture, Zephaniah 2 and 1. It says, gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired. We're that nation that before this event happened in St. Louis, the brother said it himself, you had gangs in St. Louis banging on each other, killing each other. Like in tonight's show, I'm going to give you both sides. Like what the difference between us, the difference between the Israelite school UPK on the command in Jenayana, um and everybody else is that because we go out on the streets, we see it from both sides. We see what the brothers is doing to each other, and we see what the white man is doing to us as well. So we can give you a solution from both sides. So like how the brother said before this happened, we were shooting each other. And then once this happened, now we get this united front. We say, hands up, don't shoot, which is a new slogan. That slogan should have been among black people before this devil did it. Before this devil shot this brother, it should have been hands up, don't shoot, with each gang that's banging on each other. Instead of banging on each other, we should be united. It shouldn't take this brother's death, and it's sad that it does, but it shouldn't take this brother's death for us to say, let's get it together. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't take Eric Gardner getting choked out by the police. It shouldn't take that brother out in L.A. getting shot, and he's mentally challenged. And what that also shows you, for anybody that says we need the economic plan and we need brothers in school and colleges and stuff like that, that brother was one day removed from starting college. He wasn't no banger. He wasn't no drug dealer. He wasn't none of that. And that shows that the white man don't give a damn what your reputation is. If you are a Negro, Hispanic, Native Indian, he will shoot you without cause just because he can and then to show you the power, they probably, if the media didn't push it, they would have never released that, that uh, devil's name. And, again, they put out the, um, they put out the, uh, the whole he supposedly was in a robbery just to show that um, um, he's evil or just to, to give the people yeah, a presentation. Yeah, like yeah. when I see the, you know what I'm saying, when you see the comment boards after, after turning, you find out that he supposedly robbed the door. Right. Right. So now it's, it's like, oh, well, that's why he did they it. They know that waited. Right. By feelings, everything is driven by feelings, biologically, you know. So the propaganda, mm-hmm. like I said, is dealing mm-hmm. with turning the tables on the brother and turning him into the suspect so that they can plant a seed in your mind that you did something worthy of dying, then people will turn in attention from the situation. Why? Because we live in a culture, unfortunately, or society, should I say, that deems the culture that we participate in as a criminalized culture, as a deaf culture. And right. they know subconsciously, deeply embedded within the mind of Americans, as well as people outside of this country, they know that because we come from a deaf culture, if they can paint someone as a thug, everyone knows what the end factor of a thug is. Oh, that nigga right. belongs either dead or in jail whether you, this is something that you think of in your conscious mind or not, they're appealing to your subconscious, okay? Right. So, you know, I, I kind of see that, and, um, you know, the, the name is interesting, which goes back to this whole point about words and words of power and names. You know, why are the names so important? Because you have a lot of naysayers out there who are not into the Bible, who are not into the spiritual principles that the Bible speaks about, 
who don't believe in sorcery, even though they're clearly under spell, you know, why would they protect a person's name? Why are they guarding the name so much? Why are they protecting the word of this man? You know what I'm saying? So it goes back to show you there's some power in the word. There's power in the name. Why are they giving you false names? Why? Because nobody's going to go to his crib. He's not stupid enough to still be in his crib. You know what I'm saying? They're not worried about this man's property. They're worried about releasing the name for what reason? I don't know. They still might think that some of you niggas out there know voodoo or something. I don't know what they think. You know right. what I'm saying? But they're very guarded right. with this name. So, yeah. you know, I, 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 you I, know I, I wanted to speak about, you know, the comments that you made about things that we should have done prior to this. And I want you to even reflect, even in the sense of the Bible, you know, and all of these stories in history about when the Israelites were spurned into action, there was always a precedent to set that into motion. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And even during stories of, you know, Israelites in history amongst themselves, there was strife and there was conflict at times. This is something, right. you know, that has always been part of our historical record until something happened. Something happened to set a precedent that made people, you know, sit up and realize that the enemies outside of their house were a lot stronger than the enemies inside of their house, and they got along long enough to defeat that enemy that was encroaching, you know what I'm saying, from the outside. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know per se if that's the situation that we're looking at here, but we do know that we've tried numerous times to come between the things that have been taking place with street tribes you know what I'm saying, to no avail for whatever reason because there was no precedent set for that. Right. Now when you're looking at military, now when you're looking at, you know, the inevitable possibility of not only death but wholesale slaughter, you know, that sets the precedent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. these instructions and these words that you might have been hearing from Granny or what have you talking about the Bible and talking about biblical times and talking about, you know, enemies, from higher principalities and things of that nature, and you looking right. up and you seeing snipers on the roof, and you seeing, you know what I'm saying, the helicopters and the no-fly zones and the satellites and all of this stuff, you know, all of this stuff starts registering. Feel me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people start paying attention. So, you know, my question is clearly just be looking at signs of the time. You feel me? Larger signs of the time. You know, I understand that this is a period of turmoil that's somewhat chaotic, but looking at Scripture, are we able to see that there's something positive, there's silver lining in this? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a silver lining. And just to show you the difference between the sign of the times of turmoil, when a white man does murder, like mass murder, unless he kills himself, he always lives. Like that cat was when that Batman movie came out. He shot up all them people in that movie theater. Yes. He didn't kill himself. They made sure he survived. Even them cats in Boston, when they had them Boston bombings or whatever, they survived. It's only it's when not, we yeah. do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a it's not a thing of sign of the times as far as um um only us doing it, but we're the only ones that get murdered at the rate that we get murdered. You look at that cop. What's that, his name? Chris Dorner. 
that he tried to join the white man's military, which is what we call, excuse me, the white man's police force, which is the mark of the beast. And when he went crazy, they straight up killed him, surrounded him, bombed him, and killed him. If he would have been a devil, he would have survived. Yeah, if he would have been a devil, he would have survived. It wouldn't have been no murdering of him. And um, I'm going to give you the, the what you would say good news or solution in a second. I just want to show this other scripture as for why they do this to us. This is um, Lamentations 4 and 17. It says, as for us, our eyes have yet failed for our vain help. In watching, we have watched for a nation that could not save us. Like what you said was true as far as it's always been something that's been a catalyst for us. Now, the difference during the Egyptian time of the Exodus was that there was nothing really of a struggle amongst Israel that uh, brought that punishment. That was just something where the Egyptians just hated us for no reason. And you could use the same thing for the so-called white man, which is why the scriptures say you shall be brought into Egypt again because we didn't do nothing to them. They brought us in chains. When Columbus came over here to America, the native Indians or the natives of the land, the Mexicans and Cubans and so forth like that, they got along with the so-called white man, showed them how to farm, showed them how to do everything, and the white man rewarded him with murder. That's why Psalms 55 and 10 says um, we are peace with a nation that don't seek to have peace with us. You know what I'm saying? So um, in verse 18 says uh, they hunt our steps, that we cannot go in our streets. Our end is near. Our days are fulfilled for our end has come. That's the time that we're in right now. Where that brother was literally all he was, if you want to get to the technical American term, he was jaywalking. And he paid with his life for jaywalking. And that's why the scriptures say they hunt our steps, just like they hunted Trayvon a year ago. They just go two years ago, however long it was. They hunted this brother down for no reason other than he just walking into the streets. And, again, it cannot be stressed enough the people have to remember that that cop did not know that um, he was wanted as a suspect, if, even if he was, that he was a suspect in that, because that will change your perception of it. So you said, what do we do? If we don't have a moral compass, now we'll get into the problem amongst Israel. And when I say Israel, I'm talking about blacks, Hispanics, and Native Indians. If we don't have a moral compass, and what I mean by moral compass, if we don't have a standard by what we live by, like this, like when Rodney King happened, they rioted, they gathered together, but nothing changed in L.A., nothing. Trayvon, they gathered, gathered together, nothing changed. That brother, that, that devil got away with the murder. Nothing, nothing changed amongst black people. Nobody gathered themselves together. This thing in St. Louis, that thing in California, this thing in Staten Island, if the brothers... And sisters, and, and you'll hear me say brothers more because we're the ones that need to be on the street. The sisters don't need to be on the street. The sisters can support the brothers, but not necessarily on the street. They shouldn't be out there fighting. The women shouldn't fight. The men should be the fighters. So you'll hear me say brothers a lot. But even the brothers mm -hmm. in St. Louis, when this event dies down, which I'm telling you, give it like another week, and it dies down, if them brothers go back to doing what they was doing before this happened, then what was the point of everything that's taking place now? Point of asking for a solution. I'll give you a scripture. This is Second Corinthians 10 and 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, because this is not a carnal fight that we have. This is a spiritual battle that we have, because we're fighting against principalities. The specific one we're fighting against is the so-called white man. What are we going to fight him with? You ain't got no weapon to fight him with. You ain't got no money to fight him with. What are you going to fight him with? 
And black people, whether they want to believe in the Israelites, I heard you mention something about voodoo or something like that. That destroys us too. That voodoo or sorcery or witchcraft, all of that stuff is killing us. I'll give you a scripture on that in a second. But it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the most high to the pulling down of strongholds, meaning we have a God that if we serve him, like there's a criteria, which is why we call him Father, like our prayers, like our Father which are in heaven. There's a criteria for serving him. We have to follow the law, statutes, and commandments, which we're not following. So because we're not following them, this devil is allowed to do whatever. And, and, and when I say the devil, not just him. The Arabs do whatever they want to us. The Koreans do whatever they want to us. The Vietnamese, the Chinese, every nation does whatever they want to us. When you look at America from an economic standpoint or even a living standpoint, those other nations' neighborhoods are fine, all of them. The Arabs, ain't no banging in the Arabs. Ain't no cops abusing Arabs. Um, the Chinese, the same way. Japanese, the same way. The uh, hook-nosed bastard, that Jewish man, the same way. White man, the same way. All their neighborhoods are fine. Our neighborhoods are not. It's only us that are targeted, and it's only us that are in this condition because we have a power that said, don't serve this false god. Don't be a homosexual. Don't murder your brother. Don't commit adultery. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't eat this. Follow this way of life. And it said if we don't follow him, that these curses will come upon us. Now, everybody will talk and say, well, um, I heard you mention um, how everybody doesn't follow the, um, you know, follow or believe in the Bible, and that's fine. If you don't want to follow and believe in the Bible, then show me the other culture. Show me the other history that clearly shows how we can get out of this condition. Give me the, the moral compass that it gives us so that we can be governed by rules and regulations. Show me the power that can get rid of this devil that's on top of us. If you can show me that, I can put the Bible down. But I have yet to be shown it. I'm going to read on. This what, is verse what, 5. I'm before, sorry, before you continue, let me just quickly interject because, you know, yeah, no having, having a platform such as this, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We hear a lot of different things from a lot of different camps. Me and my brother right. to uh, think of ourselves not so much as neutral, you know what I'm saying? But we are neutral. We hear everybody's case and we want to unify the family. You know, my right. brother often speaks about the concept of Voltron and the possibilities of, you know, unifying various fronts together and us moving as one strong unit. Now, there are things that definitely have to be put in place because as a person with a certain set of moral codes and principles, um, such as yourself, representing your organization, you're probably not going to be open and privy to say, okay, well, this person can't come in my house even though we got to do something collectively together. You know what I'm saying? You eat differently than I do. You live differently than I do. You think differently than I do. You know what I'm saying? The way that you cater to Mm -hmm. your woman might be totally different than I do. So if we can't put aside those level of differences which speak to character, which speak to our principles, mm-hmm. would it ever be possible to move forward? Because person has an agenda, how are they going to come off of that to get into what it is that one's saying? I think the best way to do that, though, mm-hmm. is to demonstrate and show that person, look, what I'm working with works. You know, it works. 
So mm-hmm. a lot of people are sitting and waiting and looking for those signs to say, all right, if your God is the most powerful at this particular time, show mm-hmm. me a sign. You know what I'm saying? Make me a believer. You know? You know? So okay, what good. would be your response to that? Because like I okay. said, you know, so many different conversations from so many different places, a lot of people are just burnt based on, you know, their uh, uh, I, with what they, what they consider melanated people's historical record with the Bible in this country, mm-hmm. their own personal, um, uh, uh, their own personal accounts. You know, a lot of people grew up going to Catholic school and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then there are other people that have had negative experience with Hebrew Israelites in the street. Then there are other people who have been raised Muslim and they just can't shake that. And there's other peoples who have changed their nationality and their Moors, and they don't see the connection between the Hebrews and the Moors, even though that's a very strong connection. It's not often talked about. So there's so many people coming from so many different directions. Mm-hmm. But this conversation taking place at this time about the necessity for us to unify under one roof, not necessarily mm-hmm. one banner, but one roof. You know what I'm saying? Of which mm-hmm. I'm assuming that we're going to be calling upon the power that we got to unify our voices and call. That's right. And the power of the word. You know, That's right. how can we do this at this time? Okay, no sweat. Uh, first thing I want to say is the time for being an individual is over. Like how you said, um, you know, brothers have just, just different beliefs, that different belief and so forth. And um, for them, it works. Um. You have rich black people in America. You have black people that don't get it. You, have, you might have a few black people that don't get harassed by police as individuals. But we need to stop looking at each other as individuals. When the white man go out killing black people, he don't look for an individual. He targets everybody. Like I said, that brother that got killed, Michael Brown, he wasn't no gangbanger or nothing like that. The white man just saw him and killed him. They don't look for the individual drug dealer. They look for the black race as a whole. When they wanted to target us for abortion, they didn't look for an individual set of black people. They targeted us as a whole with Planned Parenthood. When they want to lock blacks and Hispanics up in prison, they don't look at a certain region like the northern region or the west coast or the east coast. They look at the entire continent, excuse me, country of America and lock them up as a whole. When they don't want the Mexicans to come into the part of America that they once roamed and owned, they don't say, let's cut off this portion of Mexico and let the rest of them in. They cut off the whole country of Mexico. So the time for us as being individuals is over. The time for us ratifying or, or coming together is the time that we need to be in. So I'm going to finish reading this. and these acts for a sign as well. I just want to finish reading the scripture, and then I'll give you a sign. This Second Corinthians 10 and yeah. 5, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of the most high and bringing into every captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. The hardest thing for black people to do is follow laws. You tell them they can't get high. They don't want to live that lifestyle. You tell them you can't be a homosexual. They don't want to do that. You tell them you can't practice this type of uh, voodoo or sorcery or witchcraft. They don't want to do that. You want to tell them that you cannot be nothing but an Israelite 
they don't want to do that. So they don't want to, and when it because when it says bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience, meaning we should make ourselves captives to the power that will free us. Verse six says, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience, because revenge is the Most High. He's the one that's going to come down and do it. You ask for a sign. The first sign I'll give you is when he killed them Egyptians. All all throughout history. Everybody um, usually argues with us or say the Israelites were never in Egypt and so forth like that. That's from black people that say that. The other nations don't deny that this has ever occurred. And when I'm saying black people, I'm talking about people um, that may be in a conscious community, people that may be atheist, black people that may be Muslim, people that may be those, you know, another religion other than being Israelites. They're the main, main ones that say that it don't exist, or people that hate the Bible. But everybody... During those times, if we go throughout the scriptures, we'll tell you or you'll hear how they knew that the God of the Israelites destroyed the Egyptians. That's just one sign. And it says, having a readiness to revenge our disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We are disobedient children. The fact that we're still in this condition 500 years later is another sign. Like when we're looking for signs, we look at, I'm sorry. Right. Like, when we're no, looking I'm for sorry, signs, you asking me to hold on? No, no, I'm saying I was going to interject, but I, I do want you to finish. No sweat. I appreciate it, bro. Like, when we're looking for signs, we're looking for some, just like just like brothers in the world, we're looking for some vainglorious signs, some sky to get cracked or um, uh, some, some dude to fall out the sky and, and say, here it is, I lead you people, or the sun to shine a certain way, moon to shine a certain way, stars to do something. Like, we're looking for a sign like that. sign that I look for is I still see my people getting shot and killed every day, and I don't see no other race getting killed every day. I'm going to give you a scripture. Uh, this is Deuteronomy 28 and 15. It says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall overcome thee and overtake thee. I'm going to read you one of these curses. This is Deuteronomy 28 and 48. It says, uh, Therefore thou shalt serve thine enemies, which the Most High shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst. And that hunger and thirst ain't just talking about food. We hungering for knowledge. We hungering for a way out of this condition. That's why you have brothers in Christianity, Islam, the Moors, and so forth like that. Like, I wasn't always considering myself an Israelite. I wasn't born into this way of life that I follow today. I was woken up a few years ago. But before that, I would be a Christian. You know why? Because the scriptures say we have a zeal for the most high, but not according to no knowledge. So black and Hispanic, we naturally tie ourselves to what we would call a supreme being or what we would call a higher power. But we're not doing it according to no knowledge. So it says, we shall serve our enemies in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he, that enemy, shall put a yoke of iron upon our neck. Who had that yoke of iron? We put the pictures out because we on the streets all the time. The Israelites is on the streets. Like one thing you cannot say is that the Hebrew Israelites, the Israelite school UPK is not on the streets teaching. And when you see our photos, you see how they had our brothers and sisters with a literal yoke of iron upon their neck where that yoke, they would be able to move you whichever way they wanted to move you. And then it says, a nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, 
nor show favor to the young. So when you ask for a sign of uh, events or, or show something that has happened, even today, that was a young man that got killed because the white man don't have no regard. In the Bronx, that lady that got taken out of her house, she had asthma too. And when you watch the video, they saying, the, the, uh, the tenants are saying she got asthma. She got asthma and wouldn't even give enough respect to that black woman to say, put, uh-huh. let me put, let, her, let her put some clothes on her. You feel my, what I'm saying? My thing so, is this. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to make no excuses mm-hmm. for adversarial forces during these days and times. If it's so, we are living in biblical times, this would be revelation. So I wouldn't expect to be seeing anything on my TV screen, on the newspapers, on the Twitter feed, or none of that. I wouldn't be expecting to see anything that made sense where we're living in the same world. We're living in a world that is in judgment at this particular time. What I'm saying to you is that the kingdom of heaven is within. So if us collectively as a people, right, mm-hmm. are ordained as children of the Most High, mm-hmm. right, I might not necessarily right. be standing on that street with you, but there are right. many people that you see walking up and down that street that you got to know are your brothers and sisters because there's people that stand directly with you. They were in the streets with me before they were in ISUPK or right. they were in um, AOC or different organization. You know what I'm saying? So I know the character of these individuals, and they know our character as well. Many Mm -hmm. of us even have these uh, biblical names, such as me me and my brothers, Paul and Philip. A lot of these different Mm -hmm. incidents that are involving people are Michael, Daniel, and and all of these different biblical characters. We have to see that these are the signs at these particular times. And I understand what may or may not have happened in Egypt 500 years ago, but because you have so many naysayers and nitpickers and Buddha have grown to understand and interpret the Bible in all of these different ways. I'm saying, like, right now, if the kingdom of heaven is within, why aren't we able to access this level of protection, these level of miracles in the here and now? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we right. have to be able to enact this strength and this power now. And also, you know, if, if, if we could just see the fact that we are, the collective, if we are all powerful amongst ourselves, because we're all in this situation together. It's the same thing mm-hmm. that you said. If they're going through the street and they're selecting victims, they're not looking to see whether this brother is a Moor, whether this brother is an Israelite, or whether this brother is right. a covenant, whether this brother is not. You know what I'm saying? They just see victims. Right. They right. just see targets. They just see, okay, correct. I'm going to exert my will or the, or the will of Rome Right? Because it's a mm-hmm. crusade at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to mm-hmm. mash out. These are our subjects. You know what I'm saying? We're going to continuously show them that they're subjected to the powers of Rome, and that's what it is. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is that do we live at a time where we do have real-life prophets at this particular time? Do we live in a time of divine revelation? Do we live in a time of revelation? Is mm-hmm. this moment in time that we're supposed to be able to dig into ourselves? you know what I'm saying, where the kingdom of heaven is, and cast this bastard where he needs to go. Right. And what does that take? Does it take somebody signing up to an organization or identifying themselves as such? I, I happen to think that it's going to take something different than that. When I, with, with our backs against the wall. Right. 
No sweat. Um, when it comes to doing this, like how when you said they don't look at an individual, they they just see um, like they just see a suspect, or they just see a weakness, or they just see a vic. You know what the problem is? Because you said a good point. The kingdom of heaven is in you. That kingdom don't come without rules. That kingdom don't come without laws, and which we're always going to come back to. It's like we want the kingdom. We want rulership, but we don't really want to do what it takes to go and get it. That's why the scripture that I read, that the Most High is ready to take vengeance on us as soon as our obedience is fulfilled. We don't want to be obedient. It's like we that son that right. want to constantly disrespect the Father and then expect the Father to just give it to us. That's not how he works. He don't work like that. He works, well, if you want right. it, what are you willing to do to get it? So when you say that the white man don't see sus excuse me, only see suspects or see vics, I'm gonna tell you what the problem is. Black people look at black people the same exact way. You know what I mean? That Christian church, they look at people as vics and suspects. Our shopping ain't down there because he actually care about Mike Brown. He don't care about him. He could give a damn about him. He sees an opportunity for limelight. The same way let me tell you something, when Trayvon Martin got killed, which their brother should not have gotten killed either. Al Sharpton went down there and said he's going to make his home base down there, and he's going to do all of this stuff. And about a week after that, he was gone. He got the fame and the limelight from it. Barack Obama said Trayvon Martin was his son. He didn't, he didn't do nothing. Barack Obama ain't black anyway. He's African, so that don't count. But even he didn't do nothing because the people believe that he's their people. So when you say the kingdom of heaven is in you, which is true according to the scriptures, what does that mean? Now, I know, I know what that means. I'm not saying you don't. Of course, when I'm speaking, I never want you to think I'm speaking directly at you. I'm just speaking in general. So you would have to understand what that means. And that statement alone comes from the Bible. The kingdom of heaven is in you. That comes from the Bible. So now, if you're going to quote the Bible, you have to go into the Bible to find out how do I bring about the kingdom of heaven. How do I bring about our unity? How do I think of bring about our brotherhood? I'll give you two scriptures. This is Mark 12 and um, 29. I'll start at 28. It, um, and one of the scribes came and having him said, Reason, um, what is the first commandment? What is the greatest commandment of them all? And Christ answered, or Yahweh answered, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The problem with black people is we serve about a thousand different lords. Or we serve a thousand different gods. Like them people that worship Jesus Christ, and I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the white boy, Cedric Bozier, that worship him. The white man and the worship, let me tell you something. We talk about principalities and spirits and witchcraft and sorcery and all that stuff. The white man got his principality. He got his witchcraft. That's that devil that they tell you is Jesus Christ. And with that devil, with that image of that white boy, he has taken over the entire planet with that devil. When you go into China, it's a white Jesus out there. You go to Japan, it's a white Jesus. Ain't no Chinese or Japanese Jesus or nothing, no shit like that. But when you come to black people, we don't have a God that we call our own. We got many. And we're supposed to say, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. In Hebrew, that would be Shema, Yasha, Allah, Yahweh, Allah, Hayanawa, Yahweh, Akkad in Hebrew. And the second one, it says, and thou shalt love, excuse me, I'm going to read on. It says, and the second one is namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment than greater than these two. We don't even keep them two commandments. 
And what that would do is, and when it says neighbor, it's never talking about that devil. Like a lot of people believe uh, when you read the New Testament, it says neighbor or, or enemy or something like that, that it's talking about um, like the so-called white man or Arab or something like that. That neighbor is talking about that brother that lives next door to you that we won't even say hi to in the morning. But if we loved our brother as ourselves, we right. wouldn't rob our brother. We wouldn't shoot him. We wouldn't rape their daughters. We wouldn't have them out on that strip pole. We wouldn't have them on the corners. We wouldn't be pimping them. We wouldn't be prostituting them. We wouldn't be doing none of those things. That's why it says there's no other commandment greater than these. You damn near wouldn't need the rest of the law. You wouldn't have to teach nothing else because of the brotherhood that we would have established for each other. So when you say as a Moor or as a Muslim or as a Christian, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to gather ourselves together, O nation, not desire, and start destroying all of these belief systems that don't free us as a people. And I have not seen one that frees us as a people. I haven't seen um, a Moor. I haven't seen Christianity. I haven't seen Islam. I haven't seen none of these. But I have seen the Hebrew Israelite. I have seen being an Israelite do free a people. I have seen that wake people up and stop them from doing the wickedness that they was doing and not the wickedness that uh, just amongst themselves. But then they go out and teach other people not to do it. Like when you see the Israelite school of UPK and you stand and you see their militancy, that's because that's what the Bible brings. When you see us being brothers out there to brothers that ain't being brothers to us, like we get heckled all the time, more so by our own people than the devil. Like, we are in Harlem, Chicago, D.C., and we get in more places across the country, and we get heckled more by our people than we do by anybody else. And when we stay out there speaking, that's love. That's brotherhood. Because we're hoping to catch their ears so that they, too, can stand with us so that we can continue to wake our people up. And the minute that we serve the power that told us the kingdom of heaven is in you, we will actually get that kingdom. We're not getting that kingdom because we're not serving the power that told us the kingdom of heaven is in us. So you may have some individuals that ain't oppressed. You may have some individuals that ain't that don't have um, rent on their back, car note on their back, uh, child support on their back. You may have brothers that don't have that. But, again, we're not individuals. We're a nation. We're a nation of kings and priests. The problem is we don't want to do what it takes to go and get it. I'm not sure if I answered your question. You can let me know. Indeed, um, you definitely shed some light on it, you know what I'm saying, and uh, helped me forward in my understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I want to do if this I, if, at some before, point. Before you, have... before you do, if I could just give one scripture on what I, what I was just saying, if you don't mind, it's, it's, it's uh, nice and quick. This also goes Absolutely. to uh, what, we, what we was talking about. This is Exodus... Um, 23 and 22, it says, um, but if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversary. The reason why we can't get rid of our enemies is because we're an enemy to the power that can actually free us from our enemies. That's why the first scripture I read, which was in Exodus, said the Most High had respect unto the children of Israel because their power went to him. Our power ain't going to the Most High. It's going to some other God that ain't going to free us, that's only going to kill us. Like, we're making a covenant with death. 
pretty much. Isaiah 28 and 18 says, Your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trod down by it. We join ourselves to the white man. Look at the result. Like Martin Luther King, the greatest traitor among black people to ever exist, damn near. Join us to the so-called white man. We'd have been in hell ever since. You had um, Elijah Muhammad join us to some funky-ass Islam. We've been in hell ever since. None of that. So that's, that's, that, I just wanted to bring that scripture out because right now the most high is not really on our side. Now, is he on my side? Yes. But, again, I'm not an individual. I'm talking about as a nation, the Lord ain't on our side because we don't look to him to get free. We look to some other nonsense. I, I know you wanted to speak, so I want to take, you know, take away from your question. I'm listening to you, brother. Oh, no sweat. So when it comes to – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I do – yeah, I do want to be respective of, you know what I'm saying, because we do have people that are listening that mm-hmm. are members of these different organizations. Like I said, right. at the end of the day, I'm always looking for a way in which we can pull people together. It's right. not only, you know what I'm saying, to join and unify, at least to listen. Right. At least to listen. You know what I'm saying? If we could spark a thought in somebody's mind, you never know what comes out of that. So I don't want to be right. disrespected that somebody, you know what I'm saying, teacher or their belief system or what have you, because then they're going to be, they're going to put up a defense, and it's hard to communicate with people after that. And I right. think that that's a conversation that people have been saying um, about the, the debates of what makes them uneasy in essence. Is right. there's a lot of bashing of other people's systems and other people's teachers and what have you. So they miss the whole lesson because they get into their emotions. And like I told you, everything is about, you know, how a person feels at the end of the day. Right. And now people are not trained in order to, to remove themselves from their feelings and hear what you got to say outside of their feelings. They're just going to be stuck in their feelings and sitting there, you know, blowing steam like a steam pot. So... For the sake of, you know, talking to the people and getting that message across, I don't want to necessarily disrespect anybody's thing. Right. But um. No, I, no, I, I feel you on that. But only only thing I want to say is that um, first, uh, we as black men, which is hard, and which is the only way that I've seen that change is if you come into this life school, UPK, we got to stop being emotional. And what I mean by that is, um, you said that um. You know, you don't want to be disrespectful to anybody else's religion. And people look at, and I'm saying religion because that's the common word, of course. You're not going to call that. I don't call being an Israelite a religion. I call it a culture. I'm just using a common word. Um, you say, like, the debate should be, like, a lot of bashing and so forth like that. Um, but there's no more, there's, there, 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 there's no problem bashing the Bible. There's no problem bashing the Israelites. The problem when, when, um, you bash the Bible, you bash the Israelites, and I know this because, you know, of course, I personally did a debate. Um, I've been on the streets. I've heard tons of things. When you bash the Bible, the reaction that you would think you would get from me if I was like them is to start hooping and hollering and defending it or getting emotional, but we don't. All we do is show you how you don't know what you're speaking about about the Bible and then show you the fallacies or show you the uh, errors in yours. And because you are emotional, because you ain't been raised up to really be a soldier, you don't know how to handle that. We as men should be able to um, talk 
and even if we disagree, not be that emotional to where you say, and I'm not talking about you again, not be emotional to where you say, stop talking about my religion, stop talking about this, stop talking about that. I'm in front of brothers all the time, and they say that Bible ain't shit. God was a faggot. Israelites never existed. You can't prove that we the children of Israel. I'm told all sorts of things in my face, not just through video or something like that. I'm told all sorts of things, and I've never gotten to the point to where I want to get emotional about it. I just show you how you don't want to talk about it. Like, we as men have to grow up. Men that have been raised by their mamas because their daddies ain't been around because the white man has systematically taken them out the home is why these men can't handle being grown enough to conversate. I've been on phone calls with brothers in the so-called conscious community and hear them screaming at each other, hear them screaming. They can't even have a, you know, decent dialogue amongst themselves. Anybody saw the video where the Hebrews and uh, the so-called conscious community was in that circle. And you see them being emotional when we should not be like that. When we was in that room, that was a prime example of everybody, which you would technically say is a melting pot of different cultures or different identities. So you had myself, you had uh, the Cat Shar, you had uh, um, Polite, you had Reggie, you had uh, Sarnetta, you had uh, the Imam Bashir. Yeah, all of us in there, and you had Nazi. And you had all of us in there, and the premise was supposed to be coming up with a solution, and it turned into a bitch fit is what it turned into. Because the minute that you start talking about the other peoples, we got to get about a new covenant or we got to get about an Islam, they don't know how to show you uh, with no knowledge how we need to stay in new covenant or how we need to stay in Islam. All they know how to do is to just either attack the Bible or get emotional and start crying like women. And we should stop being women. We need to be men. You want to be a man, you come into the Israelite school of UPK, we'll raise up soldiers, we'll raise up men. How do I know? Because we're doing it all the time. So you're correct when you're saying that um, we need to gather together, but the only part that I differ with you a little bit is not offending these religions that are killing us. The scriptures specifically say to defile the graven images. So I have no respect for an Egyptian culture. I have no respect for an Islam culture. I have no respect for a Christian culture. I have no respect for a Moor culture. Now, that does not mean that if I encounter a Moor or I encounter a Christian that I start immediately banging on them like, you ain't this, you ain't this. No, because the Moor that I'm speaking to is my brother. The Christian that I'm speaking to is my brother. The problem is the religion that they're following, that's my enemy. That brother is not my enemy. So I don't have to yell at him. I don't have to talk to him disrespectfully. I don't have to do those things to him. I can speak to him intelligently. The problem is they usually be unintelligent with me. That's usually how it goes. Well, let me say this first and foremost. Um, Mm -hmm. I do commend you because seeing you in numerous situations where it registers to me, I'm like, damn, this brother is very poised as an individual. I've seen people like, you know, blowing fire on you, and I never seen you sweat. Right. And so that level of um, of firmness is, is very much needed. You know, what I'm saying, especially when you're on the front line, and you need to stay focused on your message. Right. So 
I do want to commend you on that, and I've also seen that quality in a lot of other brothers, you know, from the Hebrew Israelites. What 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 I want to respond to and just get some clarity on is can you not respect the culture outright and make a differentiation for a person that's a part of that particular culture? Is that possible to say, I don't respect this at all, but then you're still going to have respect for that person? And if that's the case, then we are admitting at the end of the day we see ourselves as brothers and sisters first and foremost before, you know, the garments that we put on or the culture that we put on, which is this outside mm-hmm. equipment of who we are at the end mm-hmm. of the day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We recognize and know, like, when we was on the playground first, when we were snot nose mm-hmm. in the sandbox, you know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 right. We was family, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that little girl you was pushing on the swing, you know, that little brother that you was playing games with, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, at the essence of who we are is what I'm saying is that we're family, we're unified, we're one. Technically, we come from the same place, and technically, mm-hmm. we somewhat want to get to the same place. You know what I'm saying? Our final destination. Mm-hmm. And that being victory, mm-hmm. a lot of us have different ideas about, one, how we're going to get there, and two, what it's going to look like. At the end of the day, I think collectively, there might be a few out the bunch, and I'm starting to see that more clearly now, they don't want to right. go away from them. They want to coddle under him. You know what I'm saying? They haven't had the ability to, uh, you know, partake in, 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 you know what I'm saying, his trinkets and what have you. And some of them might want that, and I understand that that's just based on their level of indoctrination because we were right. all children of some level of pop culture when we grew up. And our programming from the years of one to six or one to seven ultimately is going to become who we are. Now, right. you brothers seem to run a system over there that's able to break that level of, you know, subconscious programming and program uh, a brother or sister with uh, a different level of focus. And maybe that's just the, the, the grand glory of God himself. But right. other people are having been able to, um, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 to implement that system, to break that hole man has on them. Right. You're going to see right. people falter. You're going to see people waver. You're going to see things that really don't make a lot of sense and it's going to leave people scratching their heads. I'm seeing it now. Mm-hmm. But I know yeah, I'm like, damn, I just got to let that person be who they are because at the end of the day, that person is just being who they are, whether we like it or not. Right. And that's and that's why, um, but what you said first, when you said, do I uh, respect the person regardless of what culture they're in? Yes. Like, we love every single black, Hispanic, and Native Indian, whether you're in prison, whether you're homeless, whether you're free. And what I mean by free, not, you know, in the free what we would prefer, but uh, not being in prison. Like, we're in the prison systems dealing with brothers. We're on the streets dealing with, you know, brothers that ain't got no food and stuff like that. We counsel brothers. We do tons of things for brothers regardless. I'll give a prime example. When the school, when Israelite School UPK gave that cookout in Harlem, that wasn't strictly for Hebrew Israelites. Anybody, everybody came there. Red Pill came there. Sarnetta came there. Even Shaka and all of them came there. Because to us, 
they're just lost Israelites. That's why Christ said, Matthew 10, 5, and 6, said, go not into the way of the Gentiles. So there was no devils there. There was no Arabs there, no Chinese, no Japanese there. But it said, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Those lost sheep, it don't mean that they living in the country and they can't find their way home in the sense of where they live at. But they are lost in the sense of what culture they're following. Um, they are lost in the sense of what religion they're following. So we bring them to our event so that they can see what we're about, which is, uh, which is the Most High first. We're about the Most High, Yahweh in the Hebrew, Yahweh Shah, who is the king of this nation, the law, statutes, and commandments that will keep and save us in this place and brotherhood. That's what we're about. When you see us on the streets, that's us literally giving our life for this place. Like, y'all see a couple of them videos when them handmites go crazy or the white man go crazy. We've had the cops go crazy. I've had the cops literally take my license so long because we on the, on the street teaching. And they like, why y'all out here doing this? They take my license and had this shit so long, even I start wondering, did I have a warrant or something like that? Because it just seemed like they wanted to keep it just to see how long they want. Right in the middle of Times Square, I mean, they had my shit for about an hour. The general come to me and be like, Tazaria, are you sure you ain't got no um, warrants or something like that we need to know about? So I start wondering, because that's the pressure that we're under. Like, this life that we live is not a simple life. It's not simple. We're doing something that's strange to everyone else. And what we're doing is denying ourselves from everything of this world. We don't celebrate the holidays that they celebrate in this place. We ain't trying to get rich or die trying. What we're trying to do is free our people. What we're trying to do is call on the Most High to kill the white man, not to get along with him, to kill the enemies that have uh, oppressed us, that have destroyed us. So if that means an Arab oppressed us, I want him to die. If the white man oppressed us, I pray that the Most High comes down here and kills him, and he will. But there's a criteria for it, which is why we always go back to the Bible, because you cannot quote parts of the Bible that benefits you. And, again, I'm not talking about you specifically. So we can't say, we can't bring up different parts of the Bible and say, I respect this part of the Bible, I don't respect this part of the Bible. Either take the whole role or destroy it. I respect somebody more so like that. Don't give me, um, like how you said, the kingdom of heaven is in you. And, again, I'm only using that phrase because that's most common. That's what the people have heard tonight. So this is not about you at all. You know what I'm saying? So don't say the kingdom of heaven is in you, but then we don't want to follow the laws. So we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to follow the law of homosexuality. We don't want to follow the law of don't eat this or don't eat that. We don't want to follow the law of what high holy days we're supposed to keep. We don't want to follow the law of what nations we're supposed to be with, what nations we're not supposed to be with. The scriptures specifically say in First Ezra, the 8th chapter and the 84th verse, is we should seek to have no peace with the nations so that we may be strong. We're not going to make it in this place still trying to get along with these other nations without gathering ourselves together first. Before the white man, you know why the white man was able to kill the Native Indians? Because he gathered himself together first and came up with a plan. Once he killed the Native Indians, once he killed the Hispanics, once he enslaved the blacks in America, you know what he started doing? Allowing them to do stuff because he already conquered them. He already gathered, got the nation, and got what he wanted. We're in, a, we're in a position which is not designed for us to gather together because we're the only nation 
that the only way that we can gather together, we have to involve every other nation. Like in our neighborhoods, we can't have our businesses. Like like in St. Louis, instead of burning that place down, let's just not shop there no more, ever. And let's let a mom-and-pop business flourish. You've had mom-and-pop businesses all throughout the ghettos. You know why they didn't? They don't exist no more? Because black people stopped shopping in them and decided to shop in the white business was better. So how about instead yeah. of burning that business down, we don't go to that business and we go to our own business. We support that black woman that's making that chicken, making them collard greens in her house or in her business. We support that store, support the soul food restaurant, support the black stores instead of supporting the other stores. And while we're doing that, keep the law, stats, and commandments that the Lord gave. Like Wall Street, black Wall Street is a great example of that. We have the ability to come together. But if we don't come together under law, stats, and commandments, I think that lasted, what, about 10 years? Something like that? Yeah, a short span of time. It would have never, yeah, it it would have never fell, kept the law, statutes, and commandments that God gave us. But because we don't keep, again, you know, a lot of people think that it fell because of it being bombed, and um, again, they're they're miscorrect that assumption because they rebuilt within five years. They fell when integration hit. You got damn right. And I'm glad and I'm glad I'm glad you brought that point up. Because again, like I said, that scripture say um we should never seek to have peace with them. We should have stayed separate from them. The Chinese man ain't inviting white people into his Chinatown. Neither is the Japanese. But it's like our affinity or our slave or our uh Stockholm syndrome fights us to where even in St. Louis where that brother got killed, that young man that was on the phone said it was brothers, it was black people on the side with the police. Because our affinity, our slave mentality is so impressioned in our brain that even though they killed one of our own, we still want to sit with this devil and think this devil is going to do something for us. And to show you that the devil ain't going to do something for us, he took a situation that had nothing with the jaywalking incident that happened with that brother, but joined it to that brother so that people could have a different perspective and say, okay, yeah, he deserved to get shot. I ain't never heard of jaywalking meant you had to get killed by a cop in the middle of the street. But because we want to integrate, that's why we will always be destroyed. Because we want to sleep with white women or white men, because we want to deal with African women or African men, and none of them nations like us. We we speak to Africans all the time, and they always make a distinction between us. We got Africans on video where they say they teach in Africa that we are the children of Israel and not African at all. History shows that we're not the same people. The white man and his fake-ass science, when he studied our brains and so forth, shows that we're not Africans, but we're Israelites. So how about we decide to go up into it? Lock, like when we was in that room, that was a prime opportunity to say, show us how we are. We start showing it. And then instead of them just accepting it and coming out of the falsehood that they're in, they would rather yell, scream, and hope and holler. So the only solution for black people is to follow the most high, his law, statutes, and commandments. You can easily get up in the Israelite School of UPK. We've got a website, www.isubk.com. we got classes Tuesday through Friday. we got um, a radio show with Commander Jenny every Monday, which is also on Blog Talk. You can check that out every week. We are doing this work, 
and we need the brothers. We need the sisters. Everybody should be lining up. If you see nothing else, you should see these scriptures being fulfilled. Like how you said, are we in a time of revelations? You're absolutely right. There's only one place that you can go that tells you about World War One, World War Two, and World War Three. That's this Bible. This is the only book that talks about one world was passed and another world was coming. Second world was passed and another world was coming. And that third world is coming. You see all of this stuff that's taking place in the Middle East. Like, we playing out here. Like, we playing still trying to be in whatever nonsense we want to be in instead of gathering ourselves together like the Lord told us to do. If this nation gathered themselves together with one cry, with one fight that lasted more than a week, I guarantee you no white man would be able to touch us at all. No Arab would be able to touch us. We want to, instead of that brother getting that heart attack when he got yoked up by the police, oh, yeah. the cop would get the heart attack. Uh, and, and for that, I got to drop the bomb. You ain't never lied. No, know, we were able to maintain focus long enough to just sustain a front for a week. Mm-hmm. For a week. It would mm-hmm. change everything on the globe. Not only in this country. Right. Right. Because the people that want to furnish you with a level of respect and admiration mm-hmm. that they quietly, secretly have for you, but only through by ways of your entertainment, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, shit, okay, you man enough. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's people that we've been hearing about all along. That's people that we have all of these historical records about, but we just can't seem to make a connection in the modern day because, you know, picture that you painted yourselves of one in which you're like emasculated and denuded. Right. And and you yeah. gotta lose and you gotta lose one in personal gain. Like black people, um, you know, every 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 brother, every Judah, every black Hispanic wanna be the man. Ain't nothing wrong with wanting to be the man. I wanna be the man too, but we should also be humble enough to not be in this for gain. What gain is there to really be had in this kingdom? It ain't going to be respected. We're not looking to be respected by the so-called white man in the the aspect of getting gain. Like, I don't do this so that everybody on the planet can know Tizariot. Neither does Commander General Yohanna do this so that everybody can know him. We do this to bring respect and glory back to the most high. We do this to give respect and glory back to Yahweh Shammashiach's name. Jesus Christ, who people ignorantly call Jesus Christ. That's what we do this for. We do this to bring respect back to the ghetto. So that when we go to Brooklyn, Queens, New York, Jersey City, which is where I'm from, you can walk through the street again. And when you walk, when we walk through that street now, it ain't just the cops that we worried about. It's that brother on the corner that we worried about too. But we have to address that issue. Like, we become an easy target because we're targeting ourselves. Like, I'm, I'm, I got a scripture. Hold on one second. Like, we target ourselves. We're evil to each other at the same time. We have to address that elephant in the room, too. Like, everybody rallies when a white man kills a brother, but nobody rallies when a brother kills another brother. The only people that rally is us. I'm going to give you an example in a second. This is Deuteronomy 28 and 56. I'm sorry. Um. Deuteronomy 2036, you said? No, this is uh, the 28th chapter. Give me one second. Here you are. This is Deuteronomy 28 
This is one of them. It says, um, the tender and delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set her soul on her feet, oh, excuse me, to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eyes shall be evil towards her, excuse me, towards the husband of her bosom, toward her son and toward her daughter. This is one problem that we face in the black community. The abortion rate that black people have amongst each other is a detriment. It's a detriment. The child support that's put on a brother is a detriment. And can't nobody tell me that you have to put a brother on child support or that child support is about that child. Child support is always about vengeance. Listen, I, I grew up, my mother had, um, I got a twin sister, I got a younger brother. My mother had three children with my father. My father, who uh, was an addict or whatever um, and was dealing with dope that he was addicted to, was in and out. Sometimes he was there, sometimes he, was, he wasn't. My mother never put my father on child support, not one single time. My mother, I've never heard my mother utter an evil word against my father, not one time at all. And she said the reason why she didn't put him on child support is that he had enough problems living under this society that we live in that she did not want to complicate it further by putting him on child support, that she never uttered an evil word because she didn't want us to be evil towards her. So she decided that it, she would give him more honor that way. And by her doing that, when I got older, that allowed me to forgive my father for him not being there. That allowed me to not to have that hatred because I never saw my mother have that hatred. That's the power that a woman actually has. I'm not saying it's okay for a man to leave his children. I'm not giving that excuse. I'm just saying that in this society, that's what it's designed because the black man is targeted more than the black woman. The second scripture I want to give is Deuteronomy 28 and 54. It says, so that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil towards his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall live. For all the hoopla with uh, this Mike Brown brother in the Bronx last week, these two brothers is in the bodega about to shoot a rap video. They cannot decide who's going to be the star of this rap video. Now, they're supposed to be best friends, so that's like me and you, boo. Me and you, we in the store trying to decide who's uh, going to be the star of this rap video and we can't decide, and I shoot you six times, you my best friend. I shoot you six times, never lose the cup that's in my hand. I saw that shoot video. You six you shoot you six times. I not only step over you, I pistol with you after I shoot you six times. And then the brothers that was with us, they step over you too, and nobody does nothing about it. Now, yeah, that was bad. Now, that ain't making no press at all. Ain't nobody saying, like, I, I, yo, I still cannot get that brother's name. That hurts me. I still cannot get that brother's name to put a name to the person that I'm talking about. But we, we will react to a white man killing the brother, which we should. And for me, the only people that are truly certified to speak against that devil killing a brother is the Israelite school, UPK, because we address it all. For the same people that's in that uproar about that white man shooting that brother, we need to be in the same uproar to stop the black-on-black -black crime that takes place. That's why the white man feels he could do what he could do. He was doing it before slavery. And, and, and excuse me, he was doing it all during slavery. But black people had more sense 
to not do harm to each other to where we're killing each other at the rate that we're killing each other. There's about 8,000 brothers killing each other through black-on-black crime every year. That needs to be addressed, too. That's the other elephant in the room that nobody ever, like these type of events always make the news, and it's, it should make the news. But let's also riot, rally. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say riot, but let's also rally and stop the brothers that's killing other brothers. You know what happened with that? You know why nobody knows his name and nobody knows that brother? Because the slogan when you kill another brother is not the snitch. That's the slogan. Don't tell. So we let murders, murderers of our people get away with murders, but then we want the white man to go away for murder, which he should go away for murder. But the brother, that murder should be stopped too. So we need to address all these things, and you're not going to find the, the problem or the solution anywhere else but the Bible. You're not going to find no other culture that's going to tell you why we're doing this to each other. I just read it to you in the scriptures why we're doing it, because we hate each other, and we need to reverse that. How do you reverse it? We There should be a man in the Israelite school of UPK accepted in every house in the United States of America. And I guarantee you'll change the existence of black people. Guarantee you. I mean, so, very, um, very clear, coherent point no, that you're making no. there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't think too many people are going to be able to um, lend any sort of contradiction to that because the hypocrisy of it stinks to the high heaven, you know? Mm-hmm. I posted that video. I made comments on it. There was about four or five comments, you know what I'm saying? People were just in disbelief. They didn't really dig into it, and that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm the importance of addressing the fact that we actively promote a deaf culture. Okay? Right. I don't want to pile on and I don't want to use any commentary that's going to detract from the fact that this young brother has been murdered. Yeah, and I agree. There's some semblance of justice even if I don't agree with the level of justice that they're seeking. To me, that's right. foolish, but who am I? That that's just a hypocrisy within itself. You're looking for like to send to jail the same per so he could be uh, what? Huh? <laughs> right, right. And, and that's what I'm right. saying. Like when you live in a country where they say Bible and state are separate, church and state are separate, but mm-hmm. these people are Christian and they <laughs> right, live under right. a particular mandate that tells them according to your religion, you're supposed to deal with justice differently. How the mm-hmm. fuck does the court get to determine, you know, that level of justice if the same person is going to church with you? Right. And technically, you're praying to the same God. So right. where does the justice come in? The church and state is separate, but you'll let the church, you'll let the state deal with how somebody has inflicted your child, and that child mm-hmm. is a Christian. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be an eye for an eye, or whatever, however else you feel. If that ain't the case, if there's something else, if I'm late on my scriptures and you got an updated version and there's another way to do it, I'm sure that there's another way to do it. But the systems of law, because it's called a book of law, should also right. come with a way in which you deal with people who violate the law. Right. Okay? 
that's one. Two, like I said, if we are actively every day of our lives promoting a death culture, meaning that mm-hmm. if we're dealing with this concept, right, where we're dealing with a biology of belief, right, your cells are not dictated by genes per se. Your cells are dictated by your environment. Right. Your cells are continuously adapting to biological factors in your environment to determine whether they are going to be open to love, which promotes growth, or whether they're going to be dealing with pure adrenaline, right, and it deals with fight or flight because now they're dealing with the fact that they have to um, maintain the continuance of your life, the continuity of the species. So this whole aspect of fight or flight is like, look, police killing people out here, you know what I'm saying, or the hood is turned up. They have genes that will override all of the other genes that you have to now adapt yourself to be able to deal with your environment. So if every day if you listen to ratchet music and the only thing that this music promotes is the killing of another person that looks just like you, okay, none of that ratchet music is, is reinforcing the fact that you have an enemy that you're fighting that looks like that police in a uniform or that looks like that judge or it looks like, you know what I'm saying, these pharmaceutical companies, or it looks like these scientists pushing these GMOs. There's no way outside of maybe two or four or five stories that you get on your news feed because these days, you know, you you, you are your timeline. You know what I'm saying? That's being fed into your whole mental compository, and it's making you who you are. So if you don't have none of these things reinforcing this every day to remind you, if you're not going into Scripture, if, if your belief system doesn't reinforce it, it's like, how, how, how are you getting trained for this? How are you getting reminded for it? The only thing that you're getting trained for is to bang on your own every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to take a break to go into this meditation real quick. No sweat. All right? And we're going to do question and answer right after that, okay? No sweat. All right, family. All right, y'all. We'll be back shortly. Oh, mm-hmm. 
there's an archetypical look for what one might consider a quote-unquote Hebrew Israelite. I don't know what you mean. You mean, you mean like a beard or something? Not not only, like I said, not only in the way that the way that your brothers keep your hair, but in the face structure. There's a mm-hmm. look like, you know how when Dr. York had his books, he drew the figures right. in his oh. book. He was like, oh, look like, like my him. uncle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you know, right? Well, yeah. So, in terms of stature, a lot of the brothers look the same. You know what I'm saying? Across mm-hmm. the board, is that because right. of the belief? Pull brothers together. You know, once brothers resonate on a similar uh, magnetic field or magnetic frequency based on a word, is that what's making the family look alike, or is it the diet that's making the brothers look alike? That's one mm-hmm. and two. What I wanted to also know is, what does ISUPK provide in the, in, in, in the form of sustenance for the family? Because we know. Even though the focus is now finances, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So you mean like it's still a mandatory aspect of things, you know what I'm saying? So I don't see a lot of um, fundraising being done in the street, you know what I'm saying? You're not out there selling incense. You're not out there, you know what I'm saying, selling on um, praying wells or anything like that or Bibles or stuff of that nature. Right. You're, you're, you're on the front line, you're banging on the front line, and that seems to be what your job is, you know, mm-hmm. how are you? And, and then I don't see people that look like they're in want of anything. The level of comfortability is like, you know, you, you I've been around people that they're on the street doing their street thing, but you can tell, you know, they got to get their wants together because they got to go eat or they got to get this or they got to get that. So you see that their mind is not 100% where it needs to be. You brothers look like if you got to do this until four in the morning, that's where you will be at <laughs> doing that. Right, the only right, way right. that's established in somebody's mind is if those primary things are being taken care of. So right. this is just me observing the situation, you know, mm-hmm. and asking the question. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's what. Um, as far as the dietary law that we have, the dietary law is predicated by Leviticus the eleventh chapter. Leviticus, the 11th chapter, tells you what foods you can eat, what foods you can't eat. Uh, when it comes to vegetables, there is no dietary law when it comes to plants. Like, um, you know, you just want to be wise. Of course, you wouldn't eat no poison ivy or nothing like that. But if you want to get you some collard greens, go ahead and get down. Um, as far as meats, uh, swine, of course, is not, is not a meat to us. It's just not. Um, any other food or product, or whatever. If it's lawful, you can eat it. There is no, um, there is no, you know, law where you got to be a certain weight. You got to be, you know, you got to be this amount slim. You got to be this amount big. If it's lawful to eat, you can eat. You know, what I mean, you just don't be a glutton about it. And a glutton is not um, somebody that at one sitting they might eat what you may say is too much. A glutton is when every time you eat and you got to eat, you know, thirteen pancakes or you know, seven cheeseburgers or something like that, you know, if if what you eat is meat. There is also no law that says that you have to eat meat at all 
The only law when it comes to eating meat is that at the Passover you got to eat lamb. So if a brother wants to be a vegetarian, he could be a vegetarian. If a brother wants to eat meat, he can eat meat. It's totally up to him. We don't have to make a doctrine about it, which is what they was doing back then. When you go to Romans, the 14th chapter, like this whole vegetarian battle was not even new. Nothing, everything in the Bible was black. The proof is in Romans, the 14th chapter, they was having an argument over not eating uh, meat anymore and only eating vegetables. And uh, Paul called the one who eat, who said to only eat vegetables weak. Not that it was weak to only eat vegetables, but just to make it a doctrine as if the Motai didn't ordain that cow, which is delicious to me personally, to eat. So as far as the dietary law, we use Leviticus, the 11th chapter, to govern ourselves um, as far as what we can eat and what we can't eat. As far as um, being out there in the streets or having the same look, that's just having the same spirit. Like you brought up um, energies and stuff like that. That's not a word we would use. We wouldn't use energies or anything like that. We would just say we the same spirit. Like uh, Romans 8, and, one second. Romans 8 and 14 says, For as many as led by the spirit of the Most High, they are the sons of the Most High. So when you see us out there in the street, you're looking at the sons of the Most High. So that's why you see us as disciplined as we was, because the Most High is about the, the strongest man that ever existed. I'm not, and I'm calling him a man to make it common, like Exodus 15 and 3 says he's a man of war. Yahweh is the most disciplined man to ever be on the planet Earth. And if we're going to emulate somebody, we're going to emulate him. So if we had to stand out there at the 4 in the morning, if we had to stand out there for three days straight, you wouldn't know if we was dead tired or not. You would just see fierce soldiers out there blazing on the streets. That's what you would see. As far as um, what we do as far as businesses and stuff like that, we have uh, T-shirts and garments that we make. We have headpieces that we make. Uh, we got a brother in D.C. that makes his own soap with our stamp on it, um, which will be available on our website soon. So there is, you know, other avenues that we use. Some brothers have what we call slaveries where we work. Um, every man, woman, and child should be paying tithes to the man, to the men of the Lord to support this truth. Like when we go out there, you know, brothers come from all walks of life, brothers coming from Chicago, brothers coming from D.C., brothers coming from California. We going out there to do it, and brothers and sisters should support us doing it. They should be sending their tithes. They should be sending their donations. Tithes because it's commanded from the Lord to pay tithes. That's another thing. Like, And the Christian church kind of put the stain on that because the Christian church is all about money. But you support, you're supposed to support the priests and prophets of God. So if you're going to support them, don't just support them in the street. Support them by emptying out your pockets and assisting us because we don't take that money, and you ain't going to see Tazar y'all pull up in no bins. You ain't going to see Tazar y'all pull up in no Bentley. You ain't going to see his home have you know, three bathrooms or four bathrooms or nothing like that. You're going to see me always looking just like you, acting just like you are, living just like you are. That money that is given to us, we take them, we would take them funds and take care of nations. And when I'm saying nations, I'm talking about blacks and Spanish and Native Indians. Commander Jenny has willingly given his life, given his money to do everything for black people, and we follow suit. You're only as good or as strong as your leader. And I have not yet a man outside of Yahweh Shabbat that's stronger than Commander General Yohanna. To endure what he has endured for almost 40 years of being this truth is a testament to why we are the way that we are, because we follow Commander General Yohanna, who follows Christ, who follows the Most High. Um, so I'm not sure if I answered your question. You let me know if I did. 
Yes, you um definitely your answer. Your you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The best way that you can. I have a response to what you said though, and that mm-hmm. is yeah, no sure. If 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 with Yahshua, it was saying that he was the strongest man on the planet, right? And he's mm-hmm. worthy of being emulated and followed because he set the perfect example. Right. If he was a herbivore, why wouldn't we follow his dietary laws? Because somewhere I read that he said that he came to correct the law of Moses, which was a dietary law. So he said, mm-hmm. as his father said, mm-hmm. of the herbs and drink of the water, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, you know, that was the platform that he stood on as a herbivore. I just want to make that one point clear, then I want to um, add on to something as well. We also call it the the devil, you know, the demon for that matter. I don't even like calling him the devil. We have conversations about that. Um, But I'm not going to get into that right now. Right. We know uh, his diabolical nature comes out in none other place than his labs. And you know that in his labs is where he's able to manipulate the food that is now allowing other people to become infused with that devil nature because we have no way of knowing what he's doing with these things that he's calling quote-unquote food, even though we're getting an idea because video is coming out, testimonies coming out, scientists are saying, look what we're finding. We're finding human um, um Remnants and, and, and McDonald's and Burger King, you know, all of this craziness. Mm-hmm. And we know that this man is not to be trusted with our food supply. So, my third question to you would be because you brothers are so unified, because you brothers are so disciplined, because you brothers have exhibited a level of willpower, you know, that is almost like foreign to people in the street. That's why they're so taken aback. Okay? coincide with what our guest was saying on Tuesday, do you foresee yourself at some point taking your brother and your nations, your sisters, and the entire movement more to a rustic environment where you can grow your own food and really get into nature, which is the true nature, you know what I'm saying, of this savior force, rather than be in these cities and trenched in these cities, some of which are already condemned? that the people mm-hmm. are not hearing you or, or, or the sense about hearing you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, what is more conducive yeah. to one's spirituality? Okay, no, no sweat. Um, uh, so I'll answer your question first. When you said um, you were where your house said uh, he came to correct the law of Moses and he was a herbivore, um, there's no scripture that says that. Yeah, I wish I was a herbivore, a vegetarian. Um, also, he didn't say that uh, he come to correct the law of Moses. He actually said the opposite. He said, think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets, meaning he didn't come to destroy the law of Moses or anything that the prophets said. He came not to destroy, but the exact opposite, to fulfill, meaning he came here to show us how to properly follow the law, to put us in the spirit of the law, for example. Everybody looks at the Sabbath day like it's a day where you got to sit in the house, 
You can't have no electricity on. Uh, you can't do nothing. When by doing that, you're actually serving the Sabbath. Like, how can you serve rest? Like, if the day, if the Lord made the day for rest, how could you actually serve it? The Sabbath was made for man, meaning if you work six days of the week, on the seventh day, you can do whatever it is that you want that's not your slavery. So if you want to play chess, go ahead and play chess. You want to drive and go visit a family member, go drive and visit that family member. You want to grill something, go ahead and grill something, because the Sabbath was made for you. So he was showing us how we were incorrectly worshiping the Most High. When you talk about in the beginning, I know in Genesis, the first chapter, I believe this is where you're getting it from, when it says uh, he made the herbs for me. The herbs is for me. That's why you heard me say there is no dietary law or there's no herb that you can't use or you can't eat according to my scriptures. But that does not mean that they was not eating meat before Moses. I'll give you the proof. During the time of the flood, right, knowing the flood, right, now I'm going to ask you a question. How many animals went in the flood? I mean, excuse me, went in the ark? Like how many, not, not how many animals, how many pairs of animals went into the ark? Uh, it was two pairs. Now, that's what's commonly taught about Noah and the flood, that it was two pairs. But when you go into the scriptures, it was actually two pairs of every unclean animal and seven pairs of every clean animal. You know who taught him the law of what was clean animals to eat and unclean animals to eat? Adam taught that. Adam, who they teach, like Adam and Eve was the first people on the planet, which was another lie. Adam was already living when the Lord gave him the truth or the Lord gave him the law, statutes, and commandments, and he taught him what animals you can eat, what animals you couldn't eat. That's why when Noah went on the flood, excuse me, when Noah went on a boat, he would take seven pairs of cows but two pairs of pigs because there was a difference between animals you can eat and animals you couldn't eat. The common misconception is that before Moses there was no law, which there wasn't. And I know that sounds confusing, but when I say that, like, for example, in Moses' law, if you committed, homo- if you committed a homosexual act, it says abomination. Mankind shall not be alive with mankind. You can be put to death for that. That's when, during the time of Moses. But before Moses, if a mankind lay with mankind, there was no law or there was no police force that could actually come and arrest you for being a homosexual. That's the only difference between before Moses and after Moses, and that's the only difference between now and the time of Christ. Right now, if a person breaks one of the laws of the Lord, there is no police officer. I'm using police officers so people can understand. There's no police officer or a Levitical priest that can actually come and arrest you. So um, just to, you know, clear that misconception up that um, before Moses, you could, um, you'd only, no, nobody ate meat or anything like that. You can always eat whatever you wanted as long as it was lawful. So as far as growing our food or anything like that, which is really, like what you said was correct about the white man and his science. Now, I don't believe everything that I see on YouTube. I don't. So what I mean by that is, I, you know, I've heard the stories, too, of um, – you know, the McDonald's and then making babies and cooking them up or, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't believe all yeah, that, yeah, but the white yeah. man, yeah, yeah, but the yeah, white man, have it count. yeah, yeah, but the white man is the devil. And I heard y'all bring that up too on your show. I'll just address it real quick. 
Don't be afraid to call a white man the devil. You ain't giving him no power. Let me tell you what the word, the word devil just means deceiver. When we say the white man is the devil, he's the deceiver on the face of the planet. We ain't talking about the angel. We talking about the white man who's the deceiver on the planet. So he is the devil. So ain't no telling what he's going to do. So unless you're growing your, unless you're farming yourself or anything, even being a vegetarian, unless you're growing the vegetables, you don't know what the white man doing in his lab or anything like that. And the scriptures say, that we shall eat uh, poison and live. So um, we do have, or we could have brothers out there farming or, you know, doing stuff like that. And that's not an avenue that we don't want to do. It's an avenue that we will do. But it's not something that I wouldn't say it's not necessary because I do believe a part of it is necessary. But right now we're not doing it, but it don't, it don't, um, I guess it just don't change what we eat, like, it's not, like, if you notice, like, we look healthy. Like, people always get on us because, like you said, we look healthy in what we're doing. So it don't, it's, it's not that if, if, if the Lord want to kill you, you'll die. That's about the best way I could put it. If he wants you to live, you'll live. You follow the law, statutes, and commandments, you'll never have to worry about anything the so-called white man is doing. Hey, brother, are you ready for the calls? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. All right, family, if you're listening on the computer and you have any questions, comments, or concerns, 347-627-2135 is the number that you need to dial at this particular time. We are opening up the line for our, uh, our Q&A. All right, and I do see a healthy amount of hands up in the call queue. I'm going to go to the first one. Let's go to the 619, 619-259, 619-259. Call a piece. Six one nine caller, welcome to Know the Ledge. Your line is open, peace. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go to the three oh one. Three oh one five three three. Three oh one five three three. Call the peace. Peace. Reading peace. A little. Yeah, yeah. One second, one second. Yeah, peace to know the ledge, peace to the host, and peace to the guests. Peace, brother. Peace. Peace to the topic of the night, and peace to the galaxies in general. Um, I wanted to ask a question and make a comment. My comment is that me personally, I read the Quran, the Bible, everything that I can find on the earth. You know, like it's separate puzzle pieces that all get put together that all tell the same story. Hey, what's that background noise? Nah, you good, bro. Okay, so, yeah, so that's what I do with myself personally. And I want to ask the guests if the, you have read other scriptures other than just the Bible, if you've read the Quran or other things like that. I didn't get to hear the whole show. You already covered that. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm asking the reason I'm asking you this is because what I've noticed is that there's a consistency that you can pick from and you can really tell the so called um voice of God or whatever we want to call that. You know, you can tell the consistency, the rhythm or the same message. You know, 
if that you've read these books, the other books, like if you read the whole Quran and like me been raised Christian, um, you know, read whatever things that you found of from Buddha, from these other people, and all of the things aren't necessarily the same, so I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the common thread. And with noticing that, I want to make a statement for everybody listening, everybody not listening, that, you know, that's what we should do on our part so that whatever we are missing, since we know we made in the image of something that's beyond what we know, you know, so we can just have everything that we need to be able to really go. And that's my piece for the moment on that. Okay. Um, no sweat. To answer your question about reading the Quran or something like that, um, I've I've read it in the context of uh, trying to find a you know flaws or something in there. When I was younger, my dad um, he was uh, a Christian, but he also read the Quran and you know told me different stuff about it. Um, but I'll tell you the problem with it. The scriptures say. Um, Beware, my son, of making many books to which there is no end. That's Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. Um, and it says to keep the law, statutes, and commandments. When it comes to the Quran, the problem with the Quran and, and where it starts and stops for me is that the Quran is based on the Arabs' lifestyle. That's something that's for the Arabs, where the Arabs, uh, when you do the history on it, because they saw Ishmael being mentioned in the Bible or in the Old Testament or Torah, Tanakh, whichever you want to call it, they came up with the Quran and pretty much emulated and tried to grasp themselves to it. So the Quran is really a detriment to black people because it's not about our culture. Now, of course, on the premise, like you said, it seems like it got some spirituality to it or something like that. And for the Arabs, it may be great. So the Arabs are able to get that and they run that oil and stuff over there. But for us, we get into um, Islam and it destroys us as a people. So um, I would say no. Um, I wouldn't suggest that you read that book anymore either. I would suggest that we all stick to the one book that's about Israel, and that's the Bible. Yes, sir, and one other question on that. Also, Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to just be only about the Quran, but also with everything that I've learned from what they do in Africa or the many different practices of Africa, but I just see a common thread with everything that I've read. And like you're saying, there definitely are things that have nothing to do with anything that's going to be good. But I also see that in the Bible and other books, you know. So we're weighing it the same way. This is just how I manage mine. I want to mm-hmm. compliment you on the way that you answered it because you answered it with full respect. And I hope that no one that is fully with Islam or with the Quran was offended because this might be the only thing we're missing to have communication to be able to handle it in a way that doesn't cut at anybody. And I want to thank right. you for that. And I want to thank Noda Les for just having the platform because this is beautiful. If nobody else even notices it, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get somewhere, and we might already be there. But no, I appreciate Indeed. that. And that's well, what I was saying you. earlier when, uh, when Blue Pill asked about, uh, when we talked about the different religions. We should be able to dis- to discuss it all because you're a black man like I'm a black man. So you should be able to ask me a question, and I should be able to give you an answer. You know what I mean? Even if that answer is not something that you necessarily agree with, we should be able to be able to disagree but still have dialogue. But just to piggyback um, a little bit, them other books that you said you read, like the Buddhists and stuff like that, 
the scripture saying Timothy is that we will be ever learning and never able to come to the truth. So at some point we have to stop. Like black people always want knowledge, you know, always want to study this, study this, study this, study this. Sometimes we just got to stop and focus on what is about us. That's why I, that's why for me, I stop and start at the Bible only because that's the one book that I've read that's about me. That's also the one book that don't hide our uh, calamity, that don't hide our wickedness. Like the Bible, when you read the Bible, the Bible gives, the Bible talks more about the wickedness of us than it does of anybody else. It always talks about us going off, us disobeying and stuff like that. So that's the one book that ain't going to hide what we would call our shame. It's going to give it all to us. And the reason for it is Romans 15 and 4 says, whatsoever was written aforetime was for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. So just like we know if we follow the law, statutes, and commandments, the white man will get killed, we should also know why we're in this condition. It's because we broke those commandments and the conditions that was met before us. You know, our women getting raped, us getting enslaved, all of that is because we broke those commandments. Yeah, I dig it. I understand and I agree. I just, someone, like with me personally, since that I literally like the Quran and the Bible, those are my two feet. You know, one is my left foot, the other is my right foot. And in right. my heart and my mind, I don't have any division of it. And I can literally see how that they are consistent with one another. And whatever things that don't seem to be, that's a long discussion to cover that. And I'm not here for that because I enjoy what you're doing. And I'm really happy to be able to um, experience you given a platform where that you completely defend what you're with and I'm able to learn and to see where you're coming from with it and everybody's getting to witness that at the same time I mean one thing I do want to say for everybody though one thing I've been saying lately is that it's not that we have power but we are power you know so you brother it's not that you have power but you are power um, I, I want to say thank you, brother. Yeah, we, we do have to get to these other callers, but we do salute you. I honor your words and your sentiments. And uh, we say thank yeah, you. Yeah. Am I still on here? Are, am I still on here? Let me say one last thing. Am I still here? Yes. Yes, you're here, brother. Yeah, yeah I want to tell everybody listening, please do not ignore prayer. Please spend time praying. And I don't know what anybody's religion is. I'm not speaking from that. I mean, there's things that you want to happen in your life. There's things that you want to get going. There's things that you want to stop. And please make sure that you pray. And take it whichever way that you do it, if it's just meditation, whatever it is that gives you your silence and that you feel like you're investing in yourself because I I see prayer now as a gold mine with unlimited access to you. You can go to it at any time, and it's going to immediately affect everything in a wonderful way for you for whatever that you are looking for bringing into your life. Thank you for letting me say yeah, that. Yeah, hundred percent correct. Thank you, brother. Peace, bro. Peace. Okay, let's go to the nine one seven nine one seven four zero three. Call it from the nine one seven four zero three. Peace. Peace, peace, peace in the twin pillars. And the guest brother. What's your name, brother? I always get it. Uh, no sweat, no sweat. It's Tazariak. Tazariak. Peace, peace. Um, I, I think cool? I get, yeah, bro. Peace, look. Oh, peace, brother. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. No, um, well, I called in because I guess it was a, a solution 
a solution, I guess, for him tonight. So I guess one of the the main issues that I had or I'm having with a lot of the brothers and sisters because we like to group off and claim certain other groups. But still dealing with this and pertaining to myself is that um, I'm going to go to the scriptures because in Second Kings 19, verse 9, it talks about Tahaka, the king of Ethiopia, fighting with the Israelites against the Assyrians. And honestly, personally, out here on the streets, I never heard any of the brothers out on the streets talk, mention a Tahaka or even a king of Ethiopia. He was also the king of so-called Egypt at that point in time, helping the Israelites on their plight against the Assyrians. So I just wanted to uh, wonder why is that? Is it because of the division, because y'all claim y'all Shemitic and y'all call them Hamitic or, or what? I don't know. Okay, so that's, that's a uh, real easy question. When you are a ruling power, right, you can make treaties, you can make decisions, you can then do that with other nations, right? So, like, for, for example... You have what you what you call the United Nations, where all those powers can sit with each other, and uh, they can make decisions and make treaties and so forth like that. Black people don't have that power. So, so bringing that up in a discussion, like we bring it up now, so I can explain to you like this: When Israel rules this planet under Yahweh Shammashiach, Jesus Christ, we will be first-class citizens, and we will make treaties, and we'll deal with other nations. When Solomon was in rule. He dealt with the, the Queen of Sheba, or he dealt with other nations. We're never saying that we can't deal with other nations in that capacity. What we're saying is that we shouldn't join their philosophies, that we shouldn't join their, their, their cultures, or we shouldn't join their identities. There's a big difference in between those things. The proof in point is that one time Solomon dealt with those nations but didn't follow their culture. But once he took on their women, he started following their culture, and then that was our downfall. So it's not that we're saying that we can't make treaties or make decisions with other nations. We're saying that we can't join them nations and we aren't those nations and that we should be above those nations because that's what the Bible says. All right, you still haven't re- – okay, I'm going to just let it slide because I guess you took no, you all the tangents. I'll, I'll no, make a mention. Why is it that you guys never make mention of that, like I said? You have, I never heard anybody said that the Ethiopians came to our aid, quote-unquote, or a king of Egypt, quote-unquote, came to our mm-hmm. aid. Y'all steady bashing them, putting, making statements against them, and right. it is even written in your book that they, they were, I guess you could put it that they were your allies at one point in time. Uh, I never right. heard things come, like... No sweat. So you're right. At one point, they was our allies. Then at one point, they wasn't our allies. At one point, they conspired against us. I'll give you a scripture. So Second Kings, you can give a time when they was our allies, right? That's what you're saying. So you're saying, why don't we teach that today? When you read Psalms, the 83rd chapter, it tells you that all of these nations conspired against us to make the name of Israel no more in remembrance. Now, you specifically mentioned Ethiopia, right? Yes, it's in the book. It's in Second Kings 19, verse no. 19. That right, so I want to speak to you about Ethiopia. This is Isaiah 45 and 14. It says, Thus saith the Lord, the labor of Egypt and the merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabians, men of stature, shall come over unto thee, and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee, and chains shall they come over. 
and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely the Most High is with thee, and there is none else. There is no power. So you can always speak of nations at one time. One time the Egyptians were kind to us when we first went into Israel. Excuse me, when we first went into Egypt, the Egyptians were kind to us. The Egyptians allowed us to move in there, and uh, they didn't bother us. And then there came a time when they didn't join us, excuse me, when they went against us. Then there came a time when they persecuted us. Then there came a time when they hated us, and the Lord destroyed them for it. So you're bringing up now a time where the Ethiopians was kind. The Ethiopians was with us. But then there comes a time when they're no longer with us. Right now, the reason why we don't teach about a time when they was with us is because they're no longer with us right now. So why would we teach that? We would teach what the time that we're in right now. If we was in a time where we were making treaties with them, we'd say, man, the Ethiopians making the treaty with us. They was in, they did this with us before, bop, 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 like that. But we're not in that time right now. That's why it's not taught. All right, then. I thank you, brother, because you, you pulled the question right out of the air that I was going to ask next. It dawned on me like 10 minutes ago to ask that question, you know, about the Lion of Judah and, and, and the Rastafarian movement. You know, the strength that both of these organizations resonate, you know what I'm saying, I, I've never really seen them share platforms, so I was going to ask that question. I'd be thankful for bringing it up in the context in which you did. Uh-huh. It's a law 44, Blue. Indeed. Indeed I, give thanks, right. I give thanks for the opportunity for voicing my opinion. No sweat, I think indeed. I give thanks for your input. Peace. Peace. All right. Remember, family, please call in 347-637-2135. We have nine minutes remaining for the live stream. If you don't want to get cut off, you need to call in 347-637-2135. Let's go to our next caller in the call queue. We have a caller from the 773-773-640. Peace. Peace, peace. What's good? Know the ledge. What's happening, Blue? Peace. Peace, my brother. What's going on? This, this is you, man. Cesario, how you feel, brother? Uh, hey, I'm all right. Yourself? All right. Pretty good, man. Um, all right. I just, I just got a couple questions. Um, mm-hmm. When we look at the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Some of, some of them haven't been fulfilled yet. When you're dealing with revelations, it's one in particular, in another book, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, where it talks about in an end time when things are very chaotic and a lot of turmoil takes place, uh, the mighty Prince Michael will appear here uh, on the scene for for the select people that, that, that choose to have their name logged in the good book. The second verse that I want you to elaborate on is... What is your interpretation of Revelations 11 and the two witnesses that will appear down here to facilitate the word of the Most High and be gifted with what would appear to be as powers in themselves that are really given through the Most High? Can you please give me your interpretation on those two scriptures and what that actually looks like if that's where we're at in today's time? That's right. Now, you're talking about in Daniel's... Uh, the first chapter and the second verse, or Daniel, the first chapter and the first verse? Daniel chapter 12, the first verse. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, Salakia. Um, so Daniel 12 and 1 says, 
And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. And at that time the people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be written in the book. So you want me to break that down, right? Absolutely. And then Revelations 11 and what? Or you just want me to explain what the two witnesses are? Right. I, I, want, I, want, you, I want your interpretation of those two scriptures in particular. Okay. Now, Revelations, the 11, you ain't gave me a specific scripture. You just kind of spoke about the chapter, which I'm not the complaining two about. The, the two oh, witnesses. Okay. The okay. Two witnesses. I, I think it's Revelation. I, I think it starts Revelation 11, that, that uh, chapter 1 through, I don't know, maybe like 11 or something. But it's okay, right no, up in there. No sweat. So now when it talks about, uh, in Daniel's first, Daniel's 12 and 1, when it talks about Michael standing up, he's, of course, one of the angels um, of the Most High who's going to fight for us. Now, that time has not occurred yet, but it's going to be a, a time of great trouble. Like, it's not enough trouble yet. We ain't really hit the fan that, that we're going to be in. We ain't really hit the full-out uh, race wars or the full-out, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, where the military is all in, in our cities and governing us and giving us a time to be in the house. And We ain't really hit that full turmoil. Like Matthew 24 and 13 says, He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. Meaning there's a lot more destruction that's coming to this place called America. It's a lot more destruction that's coming to this earth. And during that time, Michael will come up, and he will be a great prince. He will be one of the few angels. The scriptures say that there will be 200 million angels that will ascend on this place, Michael being one of them that will destroy uh, the so-called white man and his angels. Revelation 12 and 7, I believe. I'll get it for you real fast. Revelation 12 and 7 says, that Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his angels. The misconception is that that Satan in that verse, uh, excuse me, and it says there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Yeah, fought, fought, and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. It's a lot of misconception that that dragon is talking about the angel Satan. It's not talking about him. When you see the word dragon in Revelation, that's talking about the white man's military, because what does a dragon do? Breeds fire. Like when it says he called fire out of heaven, that's talking about like them atom bombs or them drones that you see flying around. So when it gets really bad, when the epic of World War Three takes place, that's when Daniel's 12 and 1 is taking place. That's when Revelations 12 and 7 is taking place. Unless if that answered your question, I'll move on to the next one. You let me know. And the, the second half was, <clears throat> can you give me your interpretation of the two witnesses mm -hmm. and, and, and what do they represent? in today's time, or when that two, time actually comes. No sweat. The two witnesses is actually right now. The two witnesses um, is talking about uh, the house of Judah and the house of Israel and them prophesying against the end time that you have right now. The house of Judah represents uh, Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, which would be black, excuse me, so-called Negroes, West Indian, the Haitians. The house of Israel would be the North American, excuse me, the uh, Hispanic tribes or uh, the so-called Puerto Ricans, Cubans, and Mexicans. And it's talks of, talking about the power that they will have and how they will begin to prophesy. When you read it, it tells you that these are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks standing before the earth. That's verse 4. And it said, if any man hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth to defile their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, uh, he must in this manner be killed. It's talking about how we prophesy against the destruction of this place. So you're seeing the beginning of it. The beginning of it started in 1969 where we start prophesying against this place. You'll also see men have the power 
to do the same thing that they was doing during the time of Christ's time, when Christ was healing. You'll see men have that power as well. So that time is starting now, and you'll see it run right up until the time when uh, Yahweh comes and destroys this place. Okay. All right, Blue. That's that's all I wanted to ask, brother. No swear. Indeed. Indeed. Is there, so is there anything else that you want to interject? You good? You talking uh, to me? Oh. Nah. Uh-uh. All right. Indeed, right. my brother. Yep. Peace. Peace. Okay, let's go to caller from the six seven eight six seven eight four seven three six seven eight four seven three. Caller. Peace. Hi you guys. How are you doing tonight? This is Susan from right, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, all is well. I beg your pardon? I said all is well. Oh good. Um, I have a three part question, I guess. I guess, what is the Hebrew-Israelite solution um, as you guys are waiting for the end to come? What is the solution for demilitarizing the local police um, in in our neighborhoods? Like, what's happening now? Like, what is the solution for that? Like, legislatively? Well, you wouldn't really have to need nothing legislatively. I'll give you an example. The, uh, The white man that claims to be Jew um, he called himself Jewish. He polices his own community. He don't do nothing legislatively, but he's able to create his own mini government, so to speak, in every city that he has that he lives in. And he does that because they're able to police themselves. For us to be able to do that, we would have to police ourselves, and not just police ourselves in one aspect. Let's say of murder. We would also have to police ourselves of drug dealing. The problem in our community is there's a slogan. Um, no snitching. There's a slogan, let the drug dealer stand on the corner, we don't say nothing. So until we learn to police ourselves, before we would even, let's say if you had to get legislated, before you would even get to that point, we would have to show that we could actually police ourselves and do it properly. And that takes a community, which is why the first thing that needs to take place before we could even get to that point is following the law, statutes, and commandments. Everything starts there, which um, it, sound, it always sounds strange when we say that, but everything starts with following the law, statutes, and commandments. Once we get that base, everything else fans out. Economic plan comes out of there. Laws come out of there. Lifestyle comes out of there. It all starts with the law, statutes, and commandments. We do that first. We wouldn't even need the police at all to drive down the street and do nothing because no one would be breaking the law. Or we would have our people in place to enforce our laws the same way the Jewish man does it. It's not like we can't do it. We just don't go about the real reason, real way to do it. Well, that's a great ideal, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful ideal. But right. what about right now? And what about the black people who will not convert to Hebrew Israelitism? Like, what's the solution well, then, right now? Well, when we go out, when we, when you see us out on the streets, that's us giving the solution. So you have brothers and sisters that adhere to that solution, and then we go about living that lifestyle. But the problem is more people want to, like Jeremiah 5 and 31, it says we love the wickedness. More people would rather be wicked than be righteous. So we can't, if we was living in the Old Testament, like before Christ, we could literally go out there and force you to do it. We could literally go out there. In today's time, you could take a gun or a sword or whatever, and we could force you to do it. But we don't live in that time where we can force you to do it. So it's something that you have to do. 
So you have a choice. The scriptures say we can follow the laws of the Most High and live, or we can break the laws of the Most High and die. Our people prefer death. So it's an uphill battle right now, but it's something that we go out there. That's why we go out on the streets every week. That's why we go out and teach in class and do the things that we do. That's why I even come on the Brothers Radio Show, uh, Red Pill and Blue Pill, so that we can show the people what we are actually going out and actively doing. Like, we don't stay in no church. We don't stay in no house. We actively go out on the streets to wake our brothers and sisters up to change their life. That's where it starts. So no legislative solution. When you say legislative solution, you want a piece of paper that the white man respects, I'm assuming. Sir, we live in a country where there are people, the the, the majority here is white. So no, but I'm if, asking. If but we live question, in this situation, you got to know the just, rules, right? Let me just Let me just ask a question. You're saying a piece of paper that the white man respects, right? Legislative, yes. Yeah. Right. Why do we need a white man's piece of paper to govern us? Because Why we live we in need... a white man's America. You're not, you're not understanding what I'm saying. We need a white man's piece of paper so that we can stop killing each other? I didn't say anything like that. I asked I'm asking, you, okay, no sweat. what are you mm-hmm. doing? What, what is mm-hmm. the solution, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. For demilitarizing the police in our neighborhoods. Right. And my, my response was to get our people to stop having a need for the police to be in our neighborhood. We don't need a white we don't need legislation to get our people to get a need for the police. You know why the police are in our neighborhood now? Because we're giving them a reason to. There's no legislation that say cops are only supposed to be in the ghetto. Not, They're not in the only suburbs. in the ghetto. They they are majority though. They are majority of police police the black neighborhoods. They don't police the white neighborhoods at the rate that they do. Even the police in the white neighborhoods are now given armored vehicles and, like, rocket launchers right, and AR-15s. I, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Your, ask, your question was, when do we go, why don't we go to them for legislation to police our own neighborhood? That's not Mama's, what I said. I asked what is the Hebrew-Israelites' legislative solution right. for, de- for demilitarizing the police right. in and, our neighborhoods. And, and my response is we don't need a legislative, we don't need a legislative solution to police okay. our neighborhoods. If, okay. we're not commit, if we're not committing crimes, there's no need for the police to be in our neighborhood at the rate that they are. If we're not committing crimes. My second question is what is the Hebrews as a life solution for educating our people on firearms and um getting ourselves registered as legal gun owners. Is there a solution for that as well? Well, we have men in the Israelite School of UPK that are registered gun owners, and we would always advise if anyone is going to get a gun license to seek counsel from us before they would decide to do that. But getting a gun is not the solution either because, again, even getting a gun is going right back to the devil. That's not a solution to get a gun. Because when you we can kill. counsel from you all, what what is a, what do you guys offer as far as counseling? When you say when you say what do we offer, it depends because we counsel people on various things. It can be the gun thing that you're speaking of. Yeah, it could be mar- Okay, we would have to delve to see what your reasoning is for getting a gun. Everybody that wants to get a gun license should not have a gun. 
Mm-hmm. Every, every just like everybody that wants a wife shouldn't have one. Everybody that wants a husband shouldn't have one. Everybody that wants a gun should not have one because we need to know what is your purpose for using that. We need to know that you're not mentally challenged or that you don't have an agenda. You know, some people that hate the white man and think that a race war is going to elevate it will think, I'm going to get this gun and I'm going to go start shooting white people. Or I'm going to go start shooting these people. So everybody that wants a gun does not need a gun. It is not mm-hmm. required for them to have a gun. And, again, having a gun is not the solution for our problem. It's the, let me tell you something. There's enough guns in the neighborhood. I know because 7,000, 8,000 brothers are killing themselves every year. Guns well, I guess that's my problem. question. That is my mm-hmm. question. What is the Hebrews Israelite solution for educating our people on guns and that kind of, like, that's what I'm asking you. Right. And it's the same answer that I will always give. When we're out on those streets, we are educating people. When we have our website where you can come to class, like, um, I don't know where you're from, but, for example, in New York we have classes two times a week as well as being on the streets. So, so we're actively in the streets of New York three times a week besides whatever other events we may have. And in those classrooms we educate people on everything, not just specific to um, guns, but specific to every single way of life. Before we can teach anybody to put a gun in their hand, we got to teach them to stop being evil to their brother in all facets. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, not really, but thank you. And the, problem, I'm tell the you third you question don't. I have, mm-hmm. Go ahead. you're going to tell me why I don't understand you? Mm-hmm. No, 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 okay. hold on. We, we, we gotta, if you got another question, let's get question in because we do got a lot of people in here. Okay, that's okay. I'll just, that's okay. Thank you so much for the opportunity. No problem. And thank you, sir. No problem. You have a good day, sis. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to caller from the 301. Caller from the 301-533. 301 caller. Peace. 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 No, no, no. I wanted to ask everything going on in the world and the different countries. Does he see all of the countries, like, working together with what's going on when you take it to Revelations and Daniel and Ezekiel and all of the things talking about the end of time? Do you see all of them working together, or do you see it as separate and they're working against each other? Like, how do you see it going down when it comes between, like, United States, Russia, China? Do you see all of them as working together because you – thoroughly know the scripture, or do you see them separate and they're going to be fighting against each other? Do you see them all converging against the earth, working together, and already doing uh-huh. that? How do you interpret that, brother? No sweat. Well, the scriptures say that for sure they're going to be working against each other. Like, Russia is not on the side with America. Like, Russia supports, like, the Arab side, whereas America sports, supports Israel's side. And the scriptures say that they're going to always be at odds. Like when Obama talking about he taking those troops out of America, I mean, out of uh, the Middle East, that's a lie. He can't take them out if he wanted to because the scriptures say he's not going to be taking them out. So there's going to be no true unification because that white man putting himself in Palestine and splitting it in half and calling it Israel, then Palestinians are going to fight to the death. And then, and then at the same time, you can't trust the white man like now he called it ISIS. That ISIS is probably white people. That probably ain't even the Palestinians starting that. That's probably the white people starting the turmoil because, again, him being a devil, he likes warfare. He likes killing. 
He don't like peace. The only time that them nations are going to come together is when Christ comes back with them 200 million black angels. That's what the scriptures say. The scriptures say that they're going to stop fighting against each other and start fighting against a common enemy. Ronald Reagan in 84, when he started that whole uh, Star Wars program that he had, and you can YouTube this. He YouTubed a statement and said, I, I'm paraphrasing what he said. He said, I wonder if we, as uh, all these different powers, if there was a power, what's up, man? Okay, which one? Okay. He said, if we as a nation um, would put aside our differences to fight against a power that came from another planet or came from another earth. So they for sure know that uh, Yahweh Shah is coming back, and that's the only time that they'll unite against each other. Yeah. Well, uh, saying, saying at that time that they're going to, yeah. you feel like they will unite against each other? I mean, with no, each other? Yeah, they'll unite against each other at that point yeah. to fight against uh, Christ. Wow. And the angels. Wow. Yeah. Until it's then, so you're always going to see that because World War Three is going to happen. Right. I want to say thank you, Paula. Thank you, man. No sweat. Good question, brother. Peace. Peace. All right, let's go to Paula from the 646. Paula from the 646, 676. 646, Paula, peace. Peace. Kwam Yasha Allah. Kwam Allah. I want to say shalom to all the Hebrews and the unknown Hebrews in the building. This is your brother, Sarnetta. TV in the building, and um, I've been listening to the whole show, man. Brother Tazoriak is definitely on the money. One of the things I would like to also say is we got to give a strong black power to my brother Blue Pill for doing this work for a long time. A lot of us don't get the credit that is deserved. Brother Blue Pill been on the front line, him and the Red Pill. I mean, this work is not easy for our people. And the same with my brother Tazoriak and the ISUCK and the Hebrew Israelites, brother. These brothers are on the street doing the work. A lot of times our people always asking for solutions. Do we really want solutions? We always say, give me solutions when something happens. Just like brother Tazoriak was saying. You know, we want solutions, but we're not ready to say, let's get them drug dealers off the corner. See, this is what the change is. are some of the things that, a lot of people don't understand. They think the Hebrews, like ISUPK and Tazoriak, and them is just on the corner just speaking. Them brothers is actually in the hood, in the community, doing the work, getting the drug dealers off of their blocks. You see what I'm saying? This is the part that y'all don't see on the camera. I just wanted to say that. So when we say we want solutions, do we really want solutions? Kwame Torre, Dr. Kwame Torre came to us. Go and look up Dr. Kwame Torre's name. Go type him up on his YouTube. He gave us the solutions. Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad was here. He gave us the solutions. General Johanna gave us the solutions. Minister Farrakhan, um, Dr. John Henry Clark, hell, the blue pill, the red pill, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, Ida B. Wells. You know where I'm going. I can go on and on. We keep saying give us solutions. God damn it all. We got to do it through study and research, and the solutions are right there. Claude Anderson gave us the solution a long time ago. Well, so when I, say, when I say do we really want solutions, family, all we got to do is go home, do our research, study, and the solutions are right there in our goddamn face, family. That's all I'm saying. But see, what it is is what we are really trying to do 
is point out people, oh, he ain't doing the work. Where they at? How come they ain't out on the street? They said they militant. Come on, family. Just like Brother Tazoriak said, and do what? Get a gun and do what? And do what with the gun? Nah, you got to organize effectively. You got to put a plan in motion. You can't just go out there loud-mouthing and speaking and talking bad. See, when the Koreans and the Chinese and the Japanese went out there, they they didn't talk. They didn't talk. They just went out there and got busy. They sent their goddamn children to the best schools that America had to offer. And, and, they, got that, and they got them degrees and brought it back to their people, and they got busy with it. And look at them now. You see what I'm saying? Look at them now, man. So the solution is what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters, is right there in your face. Go and study this, these, um, these videos, man, not just for entertainment. And lastly, but not. Last but not least, when we do these debates, Brother Red Pill and Blue Pill and Brother Tazoriak, we do these debates for information to get passed on to the people, not for our people to be wilding and going crazy in there. It was never meant to be like that. Every time these debates, when I be doing the debates, I always be in a room with the person, and I be telling them, Brother, this is what we need to do. We can't go crazy. Y'all got to be disciplined. And I remember Tazoriak said earlier is that, these brothers are not, they get emotional. That's what it is. You see, because if they wouldn't get emotional, the debates would go, well, I don't want to see these brothers getting up in there going crazy, wilding out, bugging out. You got to be, you can't, you can't get emotional. And I've seen these brothers. Um, the ISUPK is one, and I'm not just saying this because Brother Tazoriak is there. We had these discussions with me, Brother Supek. He would tell you the same thing. When I look at these different groups, ISUPK and them are the most disciplined group out there that I have came across. And I've been, uh, and I've been amongst a lot of the groups out there. These brothers are one of the most disciplined groups that I have been amongst. You see what I'm saying? So they're not just out there talking and running their damn mouth. Yeah, they're going to give it to you raw because we are in a raw situation. We are in a hard situation. So these brothers are fighting a tough fight. I'm fighting a tough fight. The brother Blue Pill on the radio and doing what he do. We fighting tough fights, man. So that's, what I, that's all I wanted to say, brother. I'm going to keep on listening. I ain't going to take up too much of the time. I'm going to just fall back and finish listening to my brother. Peace. Shalom. Shalom, Peace, my brother. You continue to fight that good fight. I know you out there on the front line, so we know what you do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I appreciate him calling. Dude. Let us go to another caller from the 347. Caller from the 347 hey, I got Peace, Peace. caller. 393. Yeah, peace to the host. Peace to the guests. This is Brother Ty. Peace. Peace, what's that? Um, I, I really don't even have a question for the uh, for the guest, but I, I just wanted to add on to uh, whenever I was referring to the brother, uh, you know, shooting his friend and walking over the body, you know, uh, exactly uh, how cold of a heart we are in the state of a people. You know, not having no remorse for somebody is, is the heart being dead. And, um, you know, perhaps we need to read more scripture so that we can get our heart right. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's mm-hmm. what I believe. Mm-hmm. 
that's, def- that's definitely um, uh, um, a heavy point to bring out. And that's what makes it easy or hard to even argue when a uh, devil shoots us. You know, the devil, the first thing they say is y'all shooting each other. And you pull up that video, what you going to fight? How you going to fight? You know, at some point, we would have to stop, and then we can go to the white man and say, don't ever touch our babies. Don't ever touch our women. Don't ever touch our men. And we would have more of a leg to stand on because we're not doing the exact same thing. Again, I'm making no excuse for the devil. And again, I believe I should be care the only ones that can make that statement that I said because we're actively out there. We chastise our brothers. Like a lot of people give us slack on the women's side. But we chastise brothers more than we chastise women um, out there because the men is the ones that can really change something. The men are the ones that are supposed to be the fighters. And if we're going to be fighters, we got to make that fight righteously. Like, we can't put a gun in everybody's hands because you put in the hand, you put that gun in the hand of a goddamn devil. And when I'm saying the devil, they might not be white, but they're using it for devilish purpose or deceptive purposes. So we just got to be more wise in the way that we're living and the way that we're doing. Hey, Blue, I probably could take, like, one more call after this one. Oh, you It was one more point I, I wanted to about something that was uh, iterated earlier about um, you know how y'all all or the Israelites, certain Israelites, y'all all have the same kind of characteristics or, or look. And according mm-hmm. to my personal observance, um, y'all channel the energy of, of, of Moses and his tribe, so what have you. And, and that particular energy is a uh, it's a untapped into frequency. It's not. It's not changed, you know. It's not something that has been uh, been abused by, let's say, the white men or other so-called races. When we attack into that, y'all become of that. That's what I recognize, you know, and I admire that. You know, that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So no I, sweat, I, I, brother. No I, sweat, brother. Let me tell you something. You're supposed to be the same way. Like the scriptures say, if I may by any means emulate uh, them which are provoked to emulation, them which are my flesh. We act that way out there because we want to provoke you to do the same exact thing. So if you admire it as much as you say, get up in there with us. We need all these soldiers to get up in the front line with us and become the same warriors that we are so that we can truly be one body the way that Christ wants it, the way that the Most High wants it, the way that we commanded to have it. So get up in this thing with us. Right? You can do the exact same thing we do. We wasn't all, like I was not born into this. I saw men on the street corner teaching this word and it provoked me to do just like them and I became just like them. So you should do the same exact thing. In my own particular way, I, I really am doing what you're talking about. But it's not necessary for me to express it now, but um I respect what it is and um continue to do your work and, and I'm gonna do what I do also on the other end. Follow? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm not trying to take too much more time up yeah, no sir, bro. That thing. Peace. Peace. All right, I got one more blue. Okay, let me go to the 347-365-347-365. Greetings, peace. Peace, are you there? Call it from the 347-365. Call it, peace. Peace, peace. I'm just listening. We got you on. Peace, peace, brother. I'm just listening. I want to hear some wisdom coming from the mouth of the sister. Please, if you have something to say, any questions, comments, 
all concerned now is the time. You know? Um <laughs> one love. Snap um, it off the right way, no? Well <laughs> <laughs> Um Good evening everyone. Peace. Mm-hmm. Peace mm-hmm. everyone. Um Wow, I don't even know where to start. There's so much going on. Like, I just want to ask one question, and now it's snowballing mm-hmm. into a million questions. But um, mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna um actually um ask about um reconciling. Okay, reconciling with who? Yeah, how to go about um, reconciling um, a broken friendship. Okay, if you want to reconcile, okay, reconciling a broken friendship with anybody, if you, um, okay, no sweat. The scriptures say if you got an issue with someone, you should go to him and him alone. It also says one more thing. It says why not take wrong? A lot of times, brothers and sisters have disagreements with each other, and they start off small and they escalate to something big because both of them want to be right. Both of them want to have a point. But if that's your friend, if that's your brother, that's your sister, why don't you be wrong for the sake of gaining your brother or gaining your sister? Forgiveness is something that black people have a hard time fathoming. There's brothers that did stuff wrong to me that I've forgiven. You know why I forgave them? Because Christ forgave me. So now, me being a follower of the Bible, me being an Israelite, knowing that Christ died for me when he didn't have to. So now, how can I say that I love the Most High or that I follow Christ, but I can't forgive a brother or a sister that did something wrong to me or that I did wrong to them? So I would want them to forgive me. So the same way I would want them to forgive me, you should forgive them. It's it's really that simple. And that forgiveness will save a lot of lives. That forgiveness would save a lot of black and Hispanic lives in this place because that's something that we don't know how to do. If a brother do something to another brother, they want to fight him. They want to shoot him. They want to rob him. Then two brothers that was arguing in that Bronx video, they were supposedly best friends. The Arab man that owned the store said that they used to come to the store all the time, and they arguing over who's going to be the star of the video. If one of them would have said, you know what, you'll be the star of the video. Nobody would have got shot. They could have shot their video. Who knows? They could have been famous or did something. But because everybody wants to be right, nobody wants to be wrong, he shoot him, kill him, and this is where we are today. So forgiveness mm-hmm. is how you do that. Yes, I agree. And the next question, um, it's um what well, not your opinion, but what is um can you give me a breakdown of, of what is best? Because as far as like what's going on in today's society with um when it comes to like um you know sexual interactions mm-hmm. and you know everybody's into everything and mm-hmm. there's everything going on all kinds of things going down including um what is that folks communicating through um what is that the internet mhm to maybe um fulfill themselves um sexually and um all the like, all of like that. Just, thing, please you like give me a breakdown, please. Like, I, Sorry? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you I'm a, 
all of it, the oral sex, all of it, the whole (laughs) enchilada, yeah. No sweat. All that comes back down. And I'm going to tell you, one thing y'all going to take away from this radio show that's been done today is that I should be cased about the law. I should be cased about the law. I'm sorry, brother, if you don't mind me adding one more thing, and the sex toys. Okay, no, no, please. no swear. I'll just, please. I'll just, enc- my statement will encompass and help everything. One love, um, thank you. <laughs> no sweat. Um, in the Israelite school, UPK, we push the law. The reason why we push the law is because there's no more, there's not a more social people on the face of the planet than black and Hispanics. There's nobody that party the way we do. There's nobody that socialize the way we do. There's nobody that even with our sexual nature has it the way that we have. Now, when you take that, sexual nature, that social outlet, that partying, and you don't put no morality around it. You don't put no moral compass around it. That's why you have the sex thing the way that you have it. That's why you have Facebook where everybody hooking up and having sex with each other and sleeping with each other, getting toys. Women are lesbians, men, boys, you know, men are homosexuals because there's no moral compass or guideline to say when you meet that sister, the first thing out of your mouth should be, do you have a man? Do you have a husband? Are you sleeping with anybody? If she is, then you shouldn't deal with that woman because the Bible says that's the law against adultery. We shouldn't be sleeping with another man's woman. There's nobody that says for that woman, before you go choose that husband, go to your father. Let your father choose the husband for you because he'll choose somebody wiser for you than what you would choose. So to solve the solution to that problem, we need to go right back to the law, statutes, and commandments. Without laws, without a moral compass for black people, we will always be, like how you said, we'll be in the sex tours, we'll be sexting, we'll be having sex with each other. You go to a party, at the end of the party, what that party be at the end? Who, what woman am I going to find to take home to sleep with? Not what woman am I going to find to take care of for the rest of my life. Not what husband am I going to find that I'm going to sleep with and let, let, let that be the last man that I'm going to sleep with. When we do it, it's like, who am I going to have sex with for the moment? Because I'm horny. My rod is grown. I need to stick it in something. For a woman, I'm horny. I want a man to stick something in me. That's all we think about. When if we put a moral compass around us, we wouldn't think about that. We would fight that desire. Yes, I'm sorry, brother. One more thank you. Um, question is um, polygamy. What are your mm-hmm. – well, yeah, please – Mm-hmm. Polygamy. What what does the book say about that? The book says about polygamy that a man polygamy. Can have, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No sweat. Okay. Yes. Hold on one second. You go there. Can you? You can work in lightning, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, there are many individuals, you know, that I know personally that have been and polygamous um, relationships, and I've seen them, I've seen it work for them, you know, and then years later things change, you know. Um, I just wondered what your views are. Well, you know, what the book says. Okay. When it comes to a man having more than one wife, first of all, um, a man having any wife, uh, wisdom should be had with everything. Some men aren't ready to have a woman yet. Some men are ready to have more than one. The scriptures say that adultery, by definition, is if a man has, uh, excuse me, if a man deals with a woman that's already with a man. A man is entitled to have as many wives as he wants. But, again, that don't mean that you got to go out there and get five wives or go out there and get 20 wives or go out there and get one. Some brothers don't, don't want none. 
but you want to use wisdom or you want to seek counsel with everything. So we wouldn't call it polygamy. That's something, you know, that's a definition that's common. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a definition that's common. But you don't have to, um, um, but we're not bound by the laws of a man only having one woman. That's only a Greek custom or, or a white man's custom or culture. And in the, in the Eastern, in the Middle East or in the uh, Eastern world, nobody else has that culture. So there's nothing unlawful with a man having more than one woman. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Really appreciate it. Everyone have a blessed night. Blue pill, red pill. Stay in the heights. Much success with everything. Continue shining your light. Have a blessed one. Thank you so much. Brooklyn, this is you guys. (laughs) Thank you as always. Yes, Amy. Thank you. All right, peace. I have one last question. Peace. Coming from. I swear this will be. Yeah, this will be the last. I know. This will be the last one. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask on behalf of a caller that's in the uh, chat room. Caller wanted to know whether you use the metaphysical Bible at all. Say that one more time. What do we what? Do you use the metaphysical Bible at all? No, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of a metaphysical Bible. Metaphysical Bible? No, I don't know. I've never heard of it. The okay. Bible that we use is the the Bible that we use is the King James Bible. And the reason why we use the King James Bible, that's the most uh, accurate Bible according to the Hebrew, and excuse me, in the Greek. That's why we use that Bible. Okay. So we don't know that note, but I want to indeed. I want to definitely say thank you for not only the time that you spent with us this evening. You know your um unwavering demonstration, not only on this program, but for the many years that you spent on the front line. Uh, Also, you know, what you have done just for the image. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, These past few years, a lot of people Mm -hmm. have been at a distance when getting to know what the brothers stand for. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you were definitely one of the first individuals to step forth to give it a, uh, 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 so many words, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You carry that flag that a lot of people were able to respect, and it led to them being introduced. Now, to many other brothers, such as Nazi, such as Shaw, such as, you know, many other organizations, you know what I'm saying, and many other tenants of, you know what it is that you stand on. So I want to salute you for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially being uh, genuine in what it is that you stand for and that being able to resonate throughout the community and the community thus being able to put their guards down and finally being able to hear what it is that our brothers are all about. Kind of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of. I appreciate and that, man. Regardless of whether there's something that I practice or believe in or stand for, it might be opposite of what it is that you stand for or believe in. There's nothing ever, nothing in creation, nothing that's going to come out of space, there's nothing that's going to come out of the earth 
that will ever separate the fact that we are brothers. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I see first and foremost. So I salute you if you ever need me. We are there for you or anyone else in your organization. So we love you as a brother. And we love your organization, which is stand for, which is ultimately, you know, the deliverance and the victory of our people. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. As always, um, all praises go to the Most High, Yahweh, and His Son, Yahweh Shai. Um, I should be the Commander Jenny Yana. Um, I appreciate y'all having me on here and um, being able to use this as a platform to push this truth to wake our brothers and sisters up, which is really the ultimate goal, which is the most important thing and, and the main thing that we're in the business for. Like I said, this ain't about um, me at all. The Lord could use anyone. He can use any vessel that he chooses to use. He chose to use me, you know, today. He can use another brother tomorrow. Um so anybody that's willing to learn more or want to know more, you can visit us on our website, www.icbk.com. we got online classes Tuesday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, each day is a different topic. we got a radio show on Mondays on the same website. Just click the radio show link from 9 to 11 p.m. with Commander Jenny Yohanna, where we go over every single thing, every, any single topic, and you can always call and ask your questions. Uh, we got classes in Harlem on 2 West 115th Street um, every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, that's my time. Um, I would say shalom. We say uh, in Hebrew, Yahweh Ba'ashem, Yahweh Shabbat which means, which means the Lord. My, my brother just raised his hand up in the queue. Red. Peace, peace, peace. Hey, what's going on, Red? Real quick, yes. Peace, brother Tazarek. I want him to finish his uh his salutation that he was about to say. No sweat. Um in the Hebrew in the Hebrew we say Yahweh Bashim Yahweh which means the Lord in the name of Christ bless you. That goes to every Israelite uh brother, black, Hispanic, Native Indian, to the women. We say Yahweh Shema Al Thumb Bashim which means the Lord in the name of Christ, watch over you. So that goes to every black woman, Hispanic woman, and Native Indian woman. That's it. That's it. I look forward to uh, doing a follow-up with you, brother. You know what I mean? I yeah, intend no on, uh, Yeah, I would love to have you, our brother Nazi, and our brother Shaw from the um, AOC as mm-hmm. guests on our show one day, you know, so we could uh, definitely uh, get to I mean, I, I, I would even take it as far as to say a visual aspect, you know what I mean? Because the radio is cool and everything, but, you know, I'm I'm sure the family would love to see you brothers live, you know, doing some mm-hmm. work. So we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna work on that together. I got to listen to about an hour and a half of your demonstration, and um, mm-hmm. I'm just pleased that the audience were able to uh, witness, you know, what I'm saying, and to benefit off of the gems and the jewels, and um, you know, your demonstration, just you standing on your square, and right. uh, and that Oryx I had a call, you know, we're gonna have to go ahead and make that a YouTube video. But, um, <laughs> you know, definitely salute, especially in um, in a time like this, you know, where tensions are very high, brothers are looking for solutions now. You know, I just said that, um, you know, we are living in a very, very uh, beautiful time. It's a great time to be conscious. It's a great time to be studied and whatnot because 
when Babylon or what we call the beast begin to show its fangs, you know, you know, scary niggas run and get a dog, but some of us who are on the fence and we knew something was wrong, that was, that's the cam that's the, 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 the hair that breaks the camel's back. But when that happens we we run and look for solutions and we run and look for new avenues to travel, you know, new roads to travel down because we realize these roads that we may have been walking down initially have been deceptive, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. unplugging somebody from the matrix and not having a Zion to take them to, you know, it's not a good thing to do. So for organizations such as ISUPK and, you know, other organizations inside of the network of consciousness, I'm just, you know, sending out the call for the family to really begin to tighten up, straighten up, stand on our squares, you know, uh, show more unity, more um, camaraderie and whatnot because we have a lot of new people that are about to come into the fold looking for answers and looking for some, some strength and some power. So, you know, definitely salute for what you do and your brothers, you know what I'm saying, and your sisters. Uh, I got to see the nation at the barbecue in Harlem, you know what I mean, very mm-hmm. beautiful book. This is very powerful in your, in your demonstration. So just keep doing your thing. And like Blue said, you know, we here for you. We out here. You no, know? Right. That's what's up, bro. We out here. All right. All right, brothers. All right. Um, I'm gone. Hello. No sweat, brothers. All right. Shalom, brothers. It was good. Y'all have me on the show. I appreciate it. No doubt. Absolutely. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. Peace. Brother Red. Yes, sir. What if you uh, somebody donated a battery to you or something? You got a, a battery stock? Nah, I, I was able to get a charge from the driver, so that was cool. Okay. You know, I want to salute you for navigating and hosting the, um, the show. You know, excellent questions. You know what I mean? Uh, once, As always, you know what I mean? But definitely, I want to Give you give thanks to you holding that up. You know what I'm saying? And definitely, yeah, I have to, you know, it's not an easy I have, thing. I have to dig into my bag. This was um, it was a very meaningful program. And uh, like you said, I, I wish that we had the opportunity to do something a little bit more extensive. Um, because you know, well, we do have the opportunity. It, 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 yeah, huh? these are interesting times. You know what I mean? What you say? I say I, I believe that we do have the opportunity to do whatever we want in terms of, you know, like you mentioned earlier, new media, you know. <clears throat> the choice is, you know, the option is ours. We just have to create it. But um, I definitely look forward to having the different Hebrew-Israelite camps represented together, you know, in the future. And um, maybe maybe other groups, Along, along with them as well, or other teachers and, and scholars, because um, the brothers do have a firm, very, very... I'm coming from the South right now. I'm coming from Atlanta just now. And, you know, this is a Bible Belt state. You know, the whole South is basically under the, uh, the Bible Belt, and I, I really feel like our brothers and sisters who are, who are, who are not going to give up the book who are not going to, you know, jump off of that uh, 
you know, they're not going to jump out of the church. They definitely need, at this point, they, they really need these brothers' guidance. You know, they, they really need to hear the perspective of some God-fearing, you know, uh, Bible-toting brothers and sisters who could uh, give them the information that they're seeking from that book that they love. They, right. they, 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 they die for it, they kill for it. And, and, and to the family, you know, because the chat room is full of the people that, you know, niggas know so much. They just so smart, you know what I'm saying, that they got this hypocritical of every word that sees out of context. Look, if it's not for you, then it's not for you. We are not a monolithic people where everyone just thinks one way and believes one thing. There's a variance of thought, you know what I'm saying? It's a wide spectrum. There's many different colors that make up a rainbow for that matter, you know, that compose that color spectrum. So just allow people to, you know what I'm saying, be them. Everyone's not going to see it as you see it. And the, the brother's thoughts and his beliefs might even be too extreme for you in regards to how he sees the relationship to other camps. Creation layout to show you this is who you're dealing with, and this is what you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? If you gravitate towards something else, you got to strengthen that thing up. you got to build up your house and your temple so when the people come there, you're going to be able to nourish them with food, information, and the like, you know? But at some point, like I said, what we stand on is a unified principle that everybody's going to have to come to the table at some point and find some level of commonality where we're going to be able to click on, connect on, all right? So while you continue to talk about where the unity is not, you always seem to leave out Nodalette's radio. That shit baffles me. You know what I'm saying? Wait, but what? I do understand. Now I said, you know, they be like, yo, nobody's unified. Nobody's yeah. unified. And oh, nobody can get a voice out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, wow, they always yeah. leave out Nodalette. As if we don't exist. That's the shit to be getting me, but I could just go. Maybe we are. Maybe this is all a dream to begin with, and we exist somewhere in the clouds and the ethers. You know what I'm saying? Our feet have never physically touched the ground, so in their minds we don't exist. But nonetheless, the work continues to be done. Okay, and the platform will continue to bring you the variance of thoughts without those thoughts necessarily clashing. I don't got to clash with the brother because he said something that I might not. Hold on, necessarily agree with. Better let him get out what needs to be said, so you can see for yourself what it is that you need to see. I don't need to be convinced of anything. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that um, with that being said, it's a very excellent program, full of information. I do want you to go to the archives when you get a chance to listen to the first. 45 minutes of the program, I had a brother call from, you know, from the streets of uh, Ferguson. The brother got his boots down on the ground. He said that there's a consortium of people from Brooklyn, Queens, from London, all around the world that are converging on Ferguson to stand with our brothers and our sisters out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've been entertaining some thoughts about making that trek myself. So, I was. On my way back, I was about to get in the, uh, there was a ride that was going out there. Instead of me coming back to New York for tomorrow, I was on my way 
to Ferguson this weekend, and the ride got canceled, you know, unfortunately. So I didn't make that journey. But um, I'm sending full solidarity, strength, and power to everybody that did decide to make that journey. Um, I think I saw the brother Tariq Nasheed down there. He tweeted a picture of uh, him being out there. I look forward to a lot of my brothers and sisters who um, stand on that, you know, militant, you know, square and whatnot. I know the brother Tarasu and Steady has been doing work waking up the brothers and sisters in St. Louis over the years. So, you know, know, the the impact of the work that he's been doing, you know, uh, it's it's, it's been seen. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he has a, a very heavy influence on the hearts and minds of the youth that are out there doing what it is that they do. And I'm hearing, of, I'm watching the videos, and I'm hearing that just, just the way that they're articulating themselves and, you know, the way that they're calling out Al Sharpton and other things. Like, you know, these brothers obviously are listening and learning from a source that's not on World Star BT. Facts. Brothers is woke, man, and they're not getting enough credit, you know what I'm saying, for their level of demonstration. The, the the amount of criticism that I'm seeing is just mind-boggling in the places where it's coming from. I just can't believe the shit that I'm seeing, dude. You feel me? I'm sure you could quote scripture. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, I, I'm not even going to continue to get into it, but, like, we got a lot that we need to clean up in-house. And this is not about me taking the focus away from the cowards that be. You know what I'm saying? We already know what it is that they stand and represent for. We've been banging on the beef since day one. You feel me? I ain't never to this day have a nigga come to me and be like, yo, I think you fighting 10 to 12 police officers. Can you give me some tips? Or, damn, brother, you know what I'm saying? You know, psychologically, what does that shit do to you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you niggas is full of shit. Part of my Latin French. So it, 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 it's, it's like, I don't know what you niggas stand for. And that's the fucking problem. I don't know where you want to go. I don't know how you think you're going to get there. I don't know what you stand for. This lofty, soft, metaphysical shit you keep talking about is not going to cut it. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying it got to be, you know, arms, tooth and nail shit, but what, what is it going to be then? Just what? Don't knock the brother. He's laying out his criteria as to what it's going to be. How he sees fit. What is your program consist of, though? What is your program consist of? Talking about it on Facebook is not going to cut it. Yeah, where is it being demonstrated at in real time? Like, where can I you know, see it? And, and, and being divisive and, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't believe how you just let this concept of, of, of this Western culture creep into your mind so deep that you're jumping on the front line. I don't know if some of you people can hear yourself, but the way that you're protecting this dude and his property, man. You speaking like a subject because the subject is property. So 
So the subject is only going to be concerned with property, right? That's why you always are going to see them police in front of that quick mark, that quick trip. They're protecting the property. So the policy officers, they're there to protect property. If you keep adding that same bullshit adage about, hold on, the police is there to serve and protect. No, they're not. You niggas still saying that after Rodney King? The police is there to serve and protect? Who? Serve and protect your children? You still believe that? You need a mental purge, man, like, for real. Stop eating that shit you eating. Stop listening to that shit you're listening to. Stop looking at TV. You don't bought into too many of these police shows. The police is there to serve and protect your babies? For real? You still going for that? Like, what the fuck will shake you up from that, from that dream? The police is there to serve and protect? The police is there to serve and protect property and property owners. And if you identify yourself as such, then we need to have an even longer talk about nationality. It's the fact you want to get up out of that situation. If you don't, don't complain. Don't complain, because they're going to deal with the property the way that they're dealing with property. Mm-hmm. And then when you're dealing with a consumer culture of useless eaters, you know, and label whores, affectionately known as new slaves, them niggas that catch feelings if they see you loot the Walmart. Like, they'll militarize themselves, they'll deputize themselves and go shoot you. You know, they, like, they have problems. They, you know, niggas are such in their nigga state that if they see a nigga running with some so sneakers, emotional. Be yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll be like, do anything to property. If you're destroying property, if you're taking property, you know what I'm saying? It's like it goes from property to little dogs to white folks Cats. to black babies. Cats. <laughs> Young black women to strippers to niggas. Like, that's your, that's the level of whose emotional state about shit that gets them ticked off. You kill a little dog, you know, they want to give you the death penalty, B. You kill a big dog, you're just getting life in jail. You know what I'm saying? I'll let you do something to some property in this country. Yeah. Uh, they want to defend you. Like, they burnt that store down because that was the place where the um, initial uh, uh, accusation came from. That was the initiating place that led to a chain of events where a young man lost his life, or so they think. So they burnt the shit yeah. down. No, you can't be here no more. No. We're not going to do no business with you. Ain't nobody going to come That's here and out. patronize the store. That's it. Yeah, exactly. that's that out. It's so good. No bueno. Burn that down. They ain't showing you no pictures of nowhere else burnt down. So they showing you this one picture from mad different angles and then just getting emotional. Oh, they need to stop burning shit down in their community. How they going to burn stuff? And they start getting on their uh, reverse floor Anderson shit, right? Oh, my God. They're, they're doing this to their community, and why don't they go and do it to some white folks? They say they're 65% black people. Lower property property taxes, and one of our schools are going to close, and, you know, where those 300 children are going to go because, you know, we're not supporting Omar, so where are we going to send these children? Come on, man. Are you for real? And then they had Jeezy there. He goes to the motherfucking, the, the, the site of the Quick Mart, 
talking about, yo, we could do better than this. We need to have organized demonstration. You niggas make music telling them to turn up every motherfucking day, tear the club down. You understand me? Selling drugs in your community is not tearing the, the, the community apart. Even if you ain't burning the store, instantaneous and slow death. That's not tearing the community down. Like these niggas need to be caught and, and, and feathered, man. Yeah, it's time. Um, That's what they, they this, this is this is the new Al Sharp is, is the rappers, they sending these niggas in. Fact. And he has the voice where he can mobilize thousands, if not millions, especially the youth, and tell them how to boss up. Tell them to have an economic boycott or bring them to the table. But you're going you're gonna to take uh, Instagram pics and, and criticize, and that's just supposed to be revolutionary, and somebody's supposed to be listening to you. No, niggas need to boycott you, homie. Nobody's speaking about the fact that that was the store where the complaint came from. And that's the only thing that they burnt down that I can see. The homie said that first night was the night that they was looting. said it was some knuckle-draggers that took advantage of the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And they was looting. We, we still talking about looting. And they shooting rubber bullets and big-ass and quote-unquote yeah. peaceful protesters. And we still talking about looting. We're talking about a president's going to have a national address on TV and they don't even have the officer's name out. Where is that in the Constitution? For you niggas that vote and consider yourself citizens of this country, I'm just saying these are blatant disregards to your constitutional rights. This is shit that you should be up in arms about. You should be writing your congressman about how can this happen in my country. You pay taxes here. You going to vote for Hillary. Yeah, but they from Tanzania. Huh? They Tanzanians. They, they, they're not American. They don't consider themselves. They just visited. They crossed the border. Well, they, they don't yeah, they visit, like, huh? They're collecting checks. I'm just saying, you know, people have a very adverse stance towards, you know, considering themselves citizens. So all of these, uh, you know, it's like we, it's, it's like niggas is just self-appointed rogues, you know what I mean, like self, self-appointed uh, non-combative citizens and whatnot in your mind, but you're still working nine to five, you still pay taxes, you know what I mean, still, you're still sending children to the education system. And all of these never things. taught these children but, how to protest. They've never seen it in their lifetime. Like I said, the last time that you demonstrated your anger was 22 years or 20 years ago, whatever that was, for the Rodney King riots. It's the last time the world actually seems to be angry and willing to turn up for something. All right? Yeah. Children don't have no templates in terms of how to properly protest. But niggas would sit there and criticize that shit. Like, yo, why they... Why they doing this? Why they, how dare you? How dare you? These niggas drinking soda and smoking Newports and eating fucking KFC just like you. What you expect them to do? 
I expected them to get even more buck wild. I'm I'm surprised that they've been able right. to demonstrate this level of strength. Like, come on, like the the, the the hypocritical stuff has to stop at some point. You know, this is a time when the babies are calling for leadership, and they're making decisions, life decisions at this point. Okay, your biology is dictated by your environment. People's cells are going to be making decisions at this point as to how they should adapt to this environment. Am I safe or am I not? Can I fuck with this shit or can I? You know what I'm saying? Do I want to even be black anymore? Or is this shit a biological threat to my being? These are decisions that people are faced with subconsciously, whether they know it or not, and their cells will make the determining factor. Okay? People are biologically mutating based on the level of fear that's being initiated. And it might not be what you see right now, family, okay? But they finna turn up. So you, you're going to see something that's going to make sense. If this ain't it, if you're not convinced about what you're seeing now. So the babies want to see, like, leadership, however that comes about looking. Now is your opportunity to step to the forefront and capture the minds of the youth whether it's through what you consider organized, just come up with a plan, implement, do something. But criticism, you know what I'm saying, wayward criticism, I don't think that's the answer. I don't think that's the solution. Let's stand in solidarity with our babies. For those that do believe in the belief and the strength of prayer, send your prayers to the people. Send them an envelope of protection and strength, white light, violet light, whatever you can conjure up. You feel me? Now it's time to unify. One mind, one love, one people. Peace. Peace. Everything he said. <laughs>